actually not as disgusting as I thought it was going to be. Why would it be disgusting? I don't know, it's just quite gaudy, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. And we're back. We're back. We're off. We're, we're here. I've climbed the, the rope ladder. I Well, I got rope burn today. Oh, again? On the way up or down? Uh, on the way out. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> this is great. It's good, it's good already. It's good. It's good. It's sort of it undermined slightly by just like taking a pause and acknowledging it. Mm. But fuck it. If you do something worth, yeah. you know, worth. Um, it's always a surprise when something funny happens. Yeah, <laughs> it really genuine, genuinely is. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, my name is Nick Helm and this is. Nah. Thania Metcalf, and together we are the JCA John presents the Consume and Obey, the show where me and Nathaniel will consume pop culture. Oh, it sounds awful, doesn't it? It sounds fucking awful. It sounds like another one, and then fucking two virgin lads. <laughs> sat, sat, sat around some neon talking about the 80s um yeah it's just uh, and it, it is that it is that it is that <laughs> but it's not that it's not that oh if you want uh if you want a, a review for anything oh, yeah. um uh we we don't do them <laughs> we talk about stuff um, I think I was thinking. I was thinking. There's so much. There's so much conflict in the world today. It's quite nice to just hear um, two people uh, that don't always agree with each other finding a peaceful solution. <laughs> you know, um, I can't think of anything that. Well, I can't think of anything that you've really. We had that question, didn't we? Which was, what does what, what did what, Nat that, really like? Yeah, and, that you didn't like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there are. There are things all the time where it comes up. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going back now, I liked Wonder Woman and you didn't. I did not like Wonder Woman. Yeah. I just was thought it was all right. So if you're tuning in for conflict. <laughs> this is it. Then this is it. This oh, is strapping. This is strap on. <laughs> if you want a few like fierce debate, this is the place for you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we talk, oh, it doesn't matter, like, who's tuning in to episode, what's this, nine? Ten, Ten. nine, something like that. Mm. I mean, it was a double episode. Yeah, does that count as one or two? That counts as two. I counted them as two. Right. Well, the Halloween two-parter was two episodes, yeah, yeah episode three and four, or, I don't know, I don't know, I didn't, I, didn't, I named them, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't number them, I did number them. Uh, I hate this show. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I've been, I was editing it for fucking... To be fair, yeah. To be fair, the whole aim of this show is to do something which is fun and doesn't take up any time and it's just like having a chat. But there is a lot more involved from your side of that it. That three-hour episode killed me. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't done the... But but by the time you guys hear it, <laughs> that'll all be done. So it doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. What have you been... Um, what have you... Uh, this, is, this is it. What have you been up to uh, this week? Well, I've got... I got myself Netflix back. Got rid of Netflix. Have we done it. it? Have we done the show? Have we, is this what we do? Yeah, this is it. Ah, okay. You got Netflix back. I got Netflix back for a month. Got it back for a month, and I think I could watch, by far, easily watch anything I w- I've missed in the past. I reckon about a year. I found that I would never watch it 
if I go, I'll just check if that film's on there. It never was. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I'm very much drawn by my muse, whatever I want to watch. I don't think Netflix works like that. Yeah, well, I think doesn't. that's sort of like an Amazon Prime thing. Amazon Prime is, um, or Amazon, is just one of them things where um, uh, I'll go on it, I'll see what they got, and I, that's almost like a video shop where mm. I just spend hours and hours just going through it, saving that onto, uh, putting it on my watch list. My watch list is so huge on Amazon Prime and it's just like, and every single one of them requires me to subscribe to a different uh, streaming right, service yeah. on it. And it's like, right. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And then, um, and I never, I never watch, I never watch any of it. Whereas Netflix is one of those things where you need, you need to um, switch it on. And then if, if, if nothing gets your attention within 60 seconds, then get out. Yeah. Because you'll end up watching something about cakes for ages. Yeah. It's, um, I think, I never watch, Amazon I kind of like, because I find that it has that thing where I can just, have you got this? You've probably got it. If it's like a ve- vaguely biggish film, yeah. I just go, that'll be on Amazon. And it'll cost me whatever it is, £3.40. And I think that's perfectly reasonable price to that's pay That's how much that I would have paid. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of would pay £3.40 not to leave my flat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's how much it would have cost if you went, well, £2.50 maybe. But yeah. like if you're, if you're going to a video shop. Exactly. I think in 2023 just, inflation, that's not, pretty good. It's not just sort of like big-ish titles. No, but we're like, not being sponsored by them. No, by the way, we're not being we're not being sponsored by. But happily, if you want to. <laughs> but fucking, um, yeah, happily if if, <laughs> if if Amazon is listening, and we know and you are, we, yeah, we, we know. know you are. I know you are listening. You, you got the you, technology, and there's all algorithms where you're probably pr- going to promote something I've mentioned to me in a minute um, later on. And so, so like if um, if if Amazon are listening, yeah, absolutely. Um, that is the uh, streaming service for me. <laughs> and me. I love it. Amazon is the sort of place, you say, You just said that, you know, a vaguely biggish sort of film and then you'll know Amazon will have it. Yeah. Mate, that's where I saw fucking Shockwaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the fucking, and then when you watch Shockwaves, you, you think, fucking hell, this is a terrible film. Uh, the production values are so poor. Um, it's barely edited together. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, and then when you you go, I mean that is that is one unique film. And then at the end of it, it says, "If you like that, this is exactly the same." <laughs> and then you go, there's like nine. If you like Shockwaves, there's like there's like nine suggestions of other terrible films. That you, I love it, but it's like oh, um, it's good for me that stuff. And I find their algorithm works. Like if I watch something, it goes, "Oh, you like that, do you?" Now you probably like all these other things we've got for free. And you yeah, go, yeah, I do. Yeah, and that whereas Netflix just doesn't learn. It constantly thinks I want to watch what like Bridgerton or something. It's like you should, sure you don't want to watch Bridgerton? It's like <laughs> have I watched the first series? No, <laughs> series two's out though. Do you ever? It's get all like it? that. It's kind of like I don't care. I do didn't you, watch it. But do you ever get it when you get into Netflix and sort of like you're halfway through Bridgerton and you're like I never I never watched that. No, I think someone's using our Netflix. <laughs> I think maybe someone <laughs> is using my Netflix. But but that would have been when did we four years ago? She can't still be. Fucking hell. Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, that's why I never mind. Move on. 
it's fine. I'm happy. Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 I always found Netflix would be like that. As, one, as you were, Nathaniel, my, carry my, on. I had a nice moment in Netflix, probably about two years ago, where I just wanted to watch The Terminator, and it was on. And that was my, the, the only time I remember going, yes, they've got The Terminator on. If this is the first time you tuned in, that, that surprised me as much as anyone yeah. else. Yeah. So I was pleased, and it was just a nice thing. But it never Terminator w- 1? Terminator 1. Yeah. The fifth, the fifth best one. Um, the, the, my favourite is the most recent, uh, going back. <laughs> they get they get predominantly worse. Oh yeah, the first one, absolute garbage. Yeah, um, they really nailed it. But the the latest one, whatever that was, yeah, that was. Actually, is that the third the third episode three? Or was that the last one? That's the the trilogy of third. <laughs> I mean, we'll have another go. We'll have another go. You're right to do that now, isn't it? We'll have another. It's go. embarrassing. <laughs> it was like it was. It used to be. It used to be kind of like, um, uh, you know, like. I think it should be like the way the Alien franchise was, where you do one and then someone else goes away and then they think of it and then 10 years later they do another one. Yeah. And then 10 years later... They were all... When was it? 1979 and then 1986 and then between 1986 to um, 1991? Mm-hmm. No, it's it was the... Is it the... Th- Alien 3? Is that 1991? I think it's 92. I think it's the, it was the... 30th anniversary last year so 92 so what's how many years is that six that's six years yeah seven years six years and then 97 was alien resurrection so that was five years yeah okay right so then the next one after that should have been like four years but then you've also got three things years like and two years yes. and then just bring out sequels as the original was coming out <laughs> just film them live um, I, th- I, I, you know, you, you make the first one, best one of the best films ever made. Then you yeah. make the second one, one of the best sequels ever made, uh, arguably better than the original. Then you make the third one, which is rubbish. Then you make the fourth one, which is terrible. But there's always hope that you can make a fifth one that'll undo everything. Do you think it's weird that with the third one, that there is a film like I like it, I like it. I think there's a lot of fun to be had, but it is like... Alien 3? Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's weird, like in the way you said, like you've got these sort of six years apart from the previous one. And there is that thing where you've got the the trailer about them coming to Earth that would have been released, I don't know, less than a year before it came out. Yeah. And you think, so all that came together in a year. It wasn't like they spent six years going... Yeah, we'll definitely do a sequel as soon as we've got a good idea for it. They spent and they spent six years going. We'll definitely do a sequel as long as there's as as long as we've got a good idea for it. They spent six. They spent five years doing that, and then they spent the last year going fuck it. Yeah, whatever you got, whatever you got, just stick it. And they were like, um, I like Alien Three mm. as well. I like the idea of Alien Three. Um, I've watched I watched a retrospective of it recently, and it was kind of like the, their big point was that it was not scary. And he, he go, yeah, that's that's tr- that's fair because the first one is scary mm. and the second one even though it's like an action film there is like this underlying pinning of dread to it mm. whereas the third one it's kind of like it's kind of bleak and depressing and you know it, it it's i i think that as as three films together fine it's a trilogy i hate resurrect i hated it i hated it i think as well it had that thing that the 
as a franchise, it was very much Sigourney Weaver's franchise, wasn't it? Yeah. And it felt like if she wanted to do it, we'd do another one. And it was like up to her to be like, is she going to come back? Is she going to come well, back? Well, I keep, f- f- fingers crossed, that um, that Tom Skerritt's coming back at some point. <laughs> you might be all right. Because uh, in my heart, it's his franchise. Well, that is that's that is one of the great things about the first one, isn't it? Where you don't get, fr- you don't get that she is the star until the end. Yeah. And I like that. It's like a crew, but you can't pick her out and go, oh, well, she's obviously the main character. Well, it's just, a, it's a, it's a, I don't think enough is said about the ensemble cast in yeah. that first one. Uh, and the second one, second one's got a great one, but by that point, you know what it is. Alien 3 is just like absolutely fine. What I think about the first three films is um, th- they vaguely have the same tone, where it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, and considering the fact that they're different directors, you yeah. know, you know, Aliens feels like, when you watch them back to back, they're fucking, like, day and night. Um, the Alien is all very kind of like um, a kitchen sink drama kind of uh, 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 method acting. And it's just all very sort of uh, subtle and nuanced. And then when you and when you go into Aliens, everything's a one-liner and it's all very big and cartoony. And um, and so it's quite jarring when you watch them back to back. But if you have enough of a break between them, they go really well together. And then the third one is sort of like, again, it's like if the first one was a haunted house movie and the second one was a war movie, the third one was sort of like meant to be like a prison movie maybe. Mm. But it doesn't feel different enough from Alien to feel like its own thing. Yeah. And, and you kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, at least the tone is sort of, they're sort of, there's like a, a central point where the tone is for all three of the films and then they stretch off in different directions. Right. But with the fourth film, it's kind of like, what's this? Well, it did feel like, it felt like... It felt like Terminator 3. Yeah, I think the first... The, the original Terminator 3. <laughs> yeah, Terminator 3. Jonathan Mostow's Terminator Jonathan 3. Jonathan Mostow's Terminator 3, which on the back of the <laughs> packet said uh, on the back of the dvd like i remember going to see that at the cinema me too me and my friends uh john harrison and uh john buckroyd and uh, it was me john and john and we called ourselves the cinema club (laughs) and every wednesday (laughs) we would take it in turns to get the free orange wednesday ticket we'd jump out the car and we'd run in and when 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 terminator 3 was about to start we were like come on arnie come on arnie and um uh uh, we were so excited, and then when it started, it was just like it was just awful. And at the end of it, one of the Johns said, "Oh, I thought I quite like that." So never talked to him again. It was like, you know, they used to mean something. Films did, <laughs> yeah, you know, it would be like, "You like that? You're not worth talking to anymore." That's I, how that. I happened. thought it was all right. Terminator Three. It was the, right. the bit like he like the, so on the back of the DVD it said featuring classic humor from the Terminator franchise <laughs> and you kind of go yeah there is humor in maybe Terminator 2 but it all felt like a situational humor mm. as opposed to uh in Terminator 3 when he arrives in a giant disco ball that sort of uh evaporates and then he gets out and then he goes to ladies night and uh, steals the leather chaps off of a gay dancer. And then when he comes out, he puts on a pair of Elton John glasses and he looks directly at the camera and then stamps on. And then uh, instead of hasta la vista, he's saying, talk to the hand. And it's like, this is 
awful. It's just awful. Awful. There's the bit with the tea. I've what? definitely never seen it since it came out. Well, I mean, I, like it was on. It's always on on telly, and you get to like a bit where um, either Claire J- Danes or or John Cotton, what's his name, Nick Stoll. They're, they're, one of them is locked in a dog cage, and the tea, whatever she's got, tea one million. Fucking hell! It's like. It's like you JC3000, J- I think it is. JC3000. Hello. No, not you. We're not talking to you right now. Okay. Great. And um, <laughs> it's fucking. Um, so, like, so you got the. What is it called? The TX. The TX. I thought it was T300 or something like it's that. It's like they get his model wrong. I think. I think the thing is like he's the. T- Arnold Schwarzenegger's the T800. Yeah. And then his model is 101. And I think the model 101 is the Arnold Schwarzenegger skin coating. But the endoskeleton is the T-800. And in Terminator 3, they start calling him the T-101. And you go like, no, that's not... I don't think that's what he is. I always thought he was the T-800. And then you have the T-1000. And then you have the TX. And the TX they make into... Like, right, well, we've had, we've had a human man. And we've had a liquid metal man. So... Well, what are we going to do for the third one? And they go, well, make it a, a girl. And it's like, oh, wow, that's your big thing. Well, that's in, that's incredible. And um, and it's basically just so that they can do, like, a joke where she inflates her breasts to distract a cop. And you kind of go, this film is brilliant. This is it's aged so well. It's so sort of like, it's got its finger on the pulse. And... Um, and then, uh, and there's a bit where they're, they're I can't in. Can't remember the, anything about the film. There's a bit when they're in this dog kennel because she's a vet. Claire Danes is a vet, and the T X or whatever it is comes in, and shoots someone dead, and goes up, and she's like, she's she's like going, oh well, is it is, yeah, you know, she's going around double checking to see um, whether it's the person that she's looking for, and it's like, don't you have? Like the T eight hundred in the first one had like a visual record where he would scan people's faces and work out who they were, and you don't have that, right? Okay, so what she does is she sticks her finger in the blood of the person that she just killed, and then, right, she's got liquid metal skin, so the the skin that she has got is liquid metal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said this before somewhere, but. It's it just annoys me so much. She's liquid metal, right? So like like the surface is a fluid surface where, you know, if 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 I stuck my toe in something, I'd be able to sort of sense it because I'm liquid metal. So she sticks her finger in it and then she licks her finger, and it's got her finger's got blood all over it, and then she licks the blood, and and we as an audience are meant to be like, oh, she's licking blood, but you just go. Well, her tongue's liquid metal, her finger's liquid metal. You know, she didn't need to bend down and put, stick her finger in it. She could have just stuck her toe in it and then she would have been able to do the same reading. It's like literally there's stuff in there just... Anyway, I hate it. Well, no, it doesn't sound good. So <laughs> was that on Amazon? Um, <laughs> I imagine it's on Amazon, yeah. Terminator 3. Termin- do, they, do they kind of... Can they, is all that... Like if you went to FOP or whatever, is there like, it's the Terminator box set with... Lots of films that don't matter. I think they're anymore. probably all owned by different companies. Right. And so I don't even think you can probably... But you don't... I, it's just it's just really weird. That first Terminator film was sort of like a... Um, like a techno slasher movie. The first one, 
like I, w- I watch the second one every now and then and I find the second one a lot of fun and it's good but I don't love it in the way I'm like I'm supposed to love I like it. how the first one is scary I think the first one's brilliant and I think two is like I know people like talk about it being better I'm always like yeah, I like the second one. I don't think it's. I don't think it's an alien thing. I, but yeah. I also think that Terminator Two is probably the. You know, um, I loved it when it came out when I was ten or eleven, whenever it was, and I watched it on video. I loved it. Me too. It just blew my mind. What I would say is, it's. I would say I think it's slightly long, and it's a little bit worthy. I admire the fact that he put in that stuff, but he is still making the most expensive action movie um oh, what, up what? to that point with loads of explosions and you know people getting killed and stuff and then his message is let's not be violent yeah yeah and you're kind of like you're having your cake and eating it and it's kind of a little bit it sticks in your throat a little bit because it's like well it's a little bit of a cop-out to say hey violence is bad but also sort of sell tickets based on it yeah it's hugely uh like it's it's very expensive. All the money's on screen. I really like that about Arnold Schwarzenegger is incredible. And it's the sequel to a film that when you watch the first one, you go, this is a low-budget movie. Yeah. And it's amazing that they go do a sequel, and it's the biggest film of all time. <laughs> I yeah. find that quite wild as a concept. Yeah. But I also, I also feel like um, Terminator 2 is like the main event, and you can kind of watch... Terminator as like a low budget prologue, right? Um, but yeah, you know, it's like a two party. You've got a low budget prologue, and then you have like the big budget kind of finale. And but um, I can easily like I much prefer the Terminator. But yeah. I, I I like them both, and yeah. I, and I, and and I, they're different films. Mm. Um, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's like incredible in Terminator Two, um, and he's good in Terminator. But he's incredible in Terminator mm. too, and I I like Edward Furlong and Linda Hamilton yeah. and like I like and Joe Morton. I love all, I like Joe Morton. I mean his death in that and spo- spoiler spoiler um it, like I think I think he I love it. I love Terminator too. I love Terminator. No, I mm, but I wouldn't say. I mean this if you this is if this is your first episode and we've gone in hard talking about Alien and then Terminator. I mean that's not. I think this is very accessible, to be honest. <laughs> I think this is a super accessible one. I, I know, I know. But right. this is kind of like what you'd expect. Sure. We are now the cliche. Yeah. What I, what I would say is that I don't really have any great fondness for Terminator as a franchise anymore. Do you? No. I don't have any kind of no, residual kind of... Uh, like like a new Terminator film. Like, like that last one I never saw. I never saw Dark Fate. Oh, I did. Um, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I mean, it was it was um, it was better than Genesis. <laughs> sure. But <laughs> that's the second. It is part three. Yeah, it's mind-boggling to me that I haven't gone to see these films at the cinema. Right. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Terminator movie what, within the last five years, and I didn't bother going because it looked shit. It all looked shit. It's all shit. It's <laughs> it it is all shit. So yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big I, I like those I like those, yeah. but then what? That it's like forty years old now. Terminator, thirty nine years old, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. So, who gives a fuck? <laughs> we're all rotting. <laughs> we're all gonna. We're all we're all turning into dust. 
And who gives a fuck if <laughs> someone grew up liking Terminator? Who gives a fucking fuck? We're all, we're all destined for the bonfire. We were spinning around on this fucking rock that's only got a finite amount of years left. Maybe it's billions. I'm not going to be around. Fuck it. <laughs> Who's going to give a shit about any of this? Maybe it's being broadcast because it's on a thing and it'll get found in the future. What, Terminator? No, this podcast. Yeah. This will be like how they build, rebuild civilization in this image. Yeah. Everyone's going to be cool dudes in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be like Abba Voyage would be brought out as like holograms. <laughs> that would be... Yeah, I mean, we should do that. Yeah, we should. We, we should, should book it. We should absolutely do that. It'll probably be like um, uh, you on stage and me shining you with a torch. Yeah. But like, it'll be... It'll, be good for it'll people. Be I had an idea, um, speaking of franchises that don't go on anywhere, I had an idea for um, the Star Wars sequel trilogy. You said this, didn't you? No. Oh, no, new thought, idea. Yeah, yeah. I have them all cool. the time. Well, you can do this now because, like Terminator, we've realised that you don't have to have one go at doing right. a sequel. You're allowed to just keep going back and go do another, have another go. Yeah, exactly. I just think I think they, they should remake this, the prequels just so that everyone's happy and remake the sequels so that everyone's happy. Who or, else has done that? Has anyone else done that? For a time, they were going to do Aliens, weren't they? They were going to do a Aliens. Another alien. It was going to be Alien Five, but it was going to be like, oh, everything was. I don't know. It's like I would rather you have to deal with Me the too. shit that you've that's <laughs> ha- and like have to make it all all fit together. Like otherwise, you end up with a franchise like Halloween, and it's kind of it's unfollowable. Well, in theory, you know, the fifth Alien film, following on from Alien Four, in theory would be it's Sigourney Weaver on Earth with an android Winona Ryder fighting aliens and you go yeah i'd watch that why didn't you make yeah, that why that. wasn't that it doesn't have to be the same tone why wasn't that yeah that's green the next lit? one you just go okay so we know what the next film is because it's been set up in this film you tried to get to earth with alien 3 yeah. you tried to get to earth with alien 4 and then you didn't and then you set it up for alien 5 and then you never made it yeah and it's like okay. and you still go yeah I'd, I'd watch a film with those two fighting aliens in a future earth so i think the phantom menace was darth maul Right. So Darth Maul was the Phantom Menace. Right. right? He was a menace. Like, he was on all the marketing. He was on all the posters. You go, he is the menace. Yeah. But at the end of it, he was actually the Phantom Menace. Because he wasn't a real menace. He was just a distraction. The real menace was Qui-Gon Jinn, who was a Sith Lord, who was the one that plucked Anakin from nowhere. And he basically groomed him into being his apprentice and then when he died Obi-Wan took him over but what Qui-Gon already knew was that he was destined to be like Darth Vader and that's what the prequel should have been about. Do you think that's maybe what it might have been at one point? I thought that's genuinely when the when Revenge of the Sith came out we watched the episodes one and two before it came out and um and we'd convinced ourselves that that was going to be it that Qui-Gon was going to come back and then and then that was that was that um but but that never happened um and it, instead it was it was something else um and it's fine it's like i i think that the story is is fine but i think yeah I, I think the story for all three of the prequels is fine i think the execution is the thing like like it's kind of like people people say that they grew up what's your favorite star wars and everything like that and it's like um well I'm old. 
So my favourite Star Wars is the original trilogy. Mm. Um, and that is, that is to me, what Star Wars is. But when you're younger and you grow up with new stuff coming out all the time, it's kind of like, well, but the prequels don't even look like films these days. And no, I think that's how they perceived, like, George Lucas's perception of what all films would be like in the future. Like, and they're not. They just look like, they look like sort of, Cut they're always scenes. on travelators. They look like cutscenes <laughs> from kind of like CD-ROM games, that, and um, and it's and it's kind of like yeah, sure. So I think it's the execution because it's for me, and also with the sequel trilogy, it's not that um, they don't feel like Star Wars, um, or it's not that they're not telling a good story and they're not engaging. Because I even quite like the Last Jedi in terms of story, but the execution is like. It's 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 so wildly di- well. The Last Jedi is like Gremlins Two, or it's like uh, Alien Resurrection, where they've gone like we're going to do a Looney Tunes one, where um, where we've just got loads of gags all the way through it. That uh, that are gags for the audience. They're not gags, yeah. and it, and it's kind of like well, that's that's crazy because you've changed the tone, and yeah. that's that's what like I, the original three. You know, you got high points and low points with the original three, but. Um, they all feel like the same franchise, yeah. whereas the, the 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 prequels feel like well, they, nothing looks like the prequels. Yeah, like even to this day, like the, the I think Attack of the Clones in my mind, um, and it's probably my favourite of the prequels. I think it's one of the ugliest looking films. It's all like the the speeder chase at the beginning when they're flying through the city. Well, it- doesn't like that stuff really has dated badly the one that's dated least badly is by far the phantom menace and yeah. it's the one that looks the best well it's the one that's got most of the practical real. stuff yeah. in it and this by the second one there's bits where like one there's a bit where one of the spaceships blows up and it looks like what you would do now in a kind of yeah it looks kind of it's not it's not real at all it's not even like good cgi it looks like yeah a sort of little kind of quite poorly done animation of a spaceship blowing up and it's but I think that's kind of what he wanted. He wanted that kind of. Well, he wanted it to when you when you look official. at it, when you look at it, it's like this. I mean, it's bonkers, isn't it? Because he made Star Wars, and then he was disappointed with how it came out. He was just like, "Well, it doesn't look like I wanted it to do." We basically made the best out of a bad situation, and then the the way it looked kind of like carried over for the original three. What he wanted it to look like was he wanted it to look like a modern day Flash Gordon Buck Rogers episode. And that's what those silver spaceships in the prequels look like. Mm. And it's kind of like you've nailed you've nailed kind of like what you're looking for. You're looking for like this B movie aesthetic. Um I I've 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 got a lot of respect for those films, even though I, they're not my favourites. But um but yeah, I just I just think the way and and the new ones, they kind of like they don't they don't really. They look like an updating, and that, and that, yeah, they looks like they've updated um, the way Star Wars is filmed and made, but it still feels like Star Wars, maybe. But um, but the tone is just like mm. wrong. Anyway, so anyway, well, one of the things I heard recently was that uh, General Grievous coming back in Revenge of the Sith was originally meant to be Darth Maul, and you go, yeah, that makes much more sense. Because then it gives like the whole trilogy sort of like a bookended yeah. feeling where it's kind of like Darth Maul comes back, Obi-Wan has to revenge Qui-Gon's death. And, and you kind of go, yeah, that, that solves a lot of problems. Um, 
But then you have people that grew up on the TV shows who swear by General Grievous and all uh, and all of the sequel characters. The fact that Darth Maul gets brought back on the cartoon series with like robotic spider legs, I'm like, I'm out. That's well, that doesn't interest me. I think when they did the second Star Wars movie, in between the second and third, was it where they did that? Is it Gendi Tarkovsky animation? Clone that Wars. Was like, that called Clone Wars? Yeah, that was also called Clone Wars. But was it called Clone Wars or The Clone Wars? Well, I'm not sure. Because the because uh, he did Samurai Jack yeah. and Johnny Bravo. Yeah. And then he did Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And then um, that was... Uh, they were originally meant to be like toy adverts. Oh, right. Okay. They were about three minutes each, weren't they? Yeah. they but they were brilliant. They were great. Well, the first series was, and then they exp- ex- expanded it for the second And series. in that, I remember they built up General Grievous as this sort of big, bad villain. And you go, okay, all yeah. right, all right, okay. So he's like, the, and they set him up to be this big character, but they need him. But they've got so much story to tell by the third one that they don't have time for, which is kind of why that animation seems to exist, that they need, like, we need to do some of the next film in this because there's too much going on. And it ends up with, like, doesn't Obi-Wan Kenobi just basically kill Grievous really easily <laughs> or something? And then it's just, you go, oh, right, okay. So he, get, like, dispatches him, and he's been set up as this big villain. It's like, oh, he, he can't be the big villain because he needs to fight. And it's like, of course, yeah. And you have that thing where you set up the setup of... Um, and you've got to kill him because he's not in any of the was others. He Darth, uh, Christopher Lee, is he Darth Sidious? No. Uh uh, Darth Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus. So they set him up in the second Which one. Which is like the J.K. Rowling school of of naming <laughs> characters. <laughs> but he's like dispatched as well within the opening like 10 minutes of the third film after being like the big baddie in the second oh, film. It it's feels like, like there's oh, right, so okay. much missing. It feels like... There's, yeah. I mean, there's a fine line, isn't there? There's like between, um, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith where there is so much missing in between the two films. And then... Uh, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, where they overlap, like, it, and and you kind of go, well, you need a bit more of a gap between the films for that. Other, because what you've done is you've done a trilogy of films where parts one and two take place over one day, <laughs> and then the next part is four years later, and it's it's fucking it's bonkers. Anyway, so my thought for uh, the sequel trilogy was that. Um, that uh, the first one is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe Harrison Ford doesn't die. Okay. Okay. Because okay. you just want them all together. And I also think that it should start with Luke. It should. It, so it's not exactly the same. Right. Okay. So <laughs> it starts with Luke teaching Jedi's. He's teaching Kylo Ren, and that all goes badly. And then Luke banishes himself. Right. And then the rest of the film is about kind of like where. Uh, they they start going into war and it's like well we need Luke because um, he's 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 the last Jedi or whatever and he's gonna train people up to be to be the Jedi's um, and uh, so he has all this bad experience and he goes off to this island so then uh, Force Awakens goes like that uh, the last Jedi is basically the last Jedi like you cut out all the jokes right and the last Jedi is uh, Ray goes out to be taught by Luke and he's very kind of like he's convinced that the Jedi have to end, right? And then the third one is about Luke uh, on a mission to kill all the Jedi and wipe out all the Jedi and all the Sith and everything. And uh, because he's doing, he's like Thanos, right? So he has sort of like, um, he's on a moral quest and he's doing something awful to get there. 
so he becomes like the main bad guy for the for the sequel trilogy is Luke overhanging everything, and then you have uh, Kylo Ren and Ray, and they have to team up to uh, uh, fight Luke and bring him back to the good side, the the light side, and um, uh, and then by Kylo Ren and Ray teaming up, they bring balance to the Force, and therefore. Uh, each trilogy leads up to uh, us all finding paradise. That makes much more sense, right? Hmm. Or somehow Palpatine comes back and and do it that way. Yeah, I sort of think with them now, they've done it now, haven't they? That's how I sort of feel like about it. It's like, okay, we've done it now. Yeah, absolutely. But like, it's fun to just kind of like go, I thought of that in the bath. Yeah, no, it is fun. Bit of fun. Like, once you, it's almost like they didn't do the last 10 minutes of the homework. Yeah. They got to the point and it's just like it's due in now, so they just handed it in. And I that'll... think there's a lot of that where they just had these kind of deadlines that were two years apart. They shouldn't have been that close together anyway. And that they, you know, they just fudged a thing rather than, you know, have a... It felt mad that they didn't sit down and all plot something out. Yeah. And they just kind of like, that's the magic But like, thing. but it would have taken a pint and the back of a fag packet, <laughs> and they could have just gone. Right, that's the first one. I tell you what, no, that's no, the we've got one, stuff to do. We take one day to have sit down. Just we just take one day just to write down. You know well, I, want, di- I want a side of A4. You know cool. who's directing the second one already, right? So it's like, just even if they hate each other, they can spend an hour together and just work out what they're. You know, they and can, then you leave it at this point. Yep, all right. And then this one starts here. And you take it to there. Yeah, okay. And you start here and take it to there. And then we're all cool. Bonkers. Um, I find that, you know, it is a bizarre franchise. I think Tony is interested in Star Wars. I think I was fully on board with that thing where they controversially got rid of... um, Who are the guys who are doing the Han Solo Lord Miller. Yeah, Lord and Miller. And it felt like... And they, and they, the things they said, it's like, oh, it sort of seemed to be doing a sort of funny tone or something. Go, oh, I can imagine them doing like a, because I imagine it being like Guardians of the Galaxy. Or 21 Jump <laughs> yeah, Street. Yeah, and you'd just be like, yeah, I can imagine you doing something tonally which wouldn't work. I don't think that it wouldn't work. I think that it would have just been like a standalone film. I think The Last Jedi would absolutely work if it wasn't part of the main right. franchise. Because you could take or leave it then. What's insulting about The Last Jedi is that you have to have it as part of this nine <laughs> film franchise. You can't opt out of it. It's like um, the, the the last film spends so much time referencing the, the Last Jedi that you kind of like, it needs to be there. So it's just like, you should have just given him his own film that was his own like Ryan Johnson take on Star Wars. And then that would have been, I think everyone would have been fine with that. It was the fact that it was episode eight of a nine film franchise. And the Lord and Miller thing, because it was a standalone solo film, it doesn't it doesn't have the same tone as Star Wars, and it and it is it is a lot funnier and it's a lot lighter and it's a lot more like a B movie. Um, I always compare it like it's got the same stakes as something like Stargate, where it's like it's a Sunday afternoon matinee yeah. B movie, which is really fun and entertaining, and then it's over and you don't think about it ever again. And that's what so and I thought that it did quite a good job of that. Um, you know, if I'd, I would, I wouldn't ever choose to watch a film where 
Um, the, I mean, what did Lawrence Kasdan do? He sat down and he watched Star Wars with a notepad and then he just like made a note of all of the things that he thought he could answer. And then, he, oh, Kessel Run, right, I'll do that. And then he just did it in in the film where it's just sort of like, and do you know where he got his name from? No one gives a fuck. You just assume <laughs> that that's his name. And um, in here, in this like, ring binder here, they had like... Uh, these tops trading cards for, right. for Star Wars. I think they were called the Art of Star Wars trading cards, and there was like uh, a first series, and then there was a second series, and there was just there was you know they're like baseball cards. They're you know, um, and there was just this one card that um, had Chewbacca's fur, and you could see kind of like his uh, bandolero strap, and. Uh, in the background and in the foreground was um, Han Solo's ID card of him as an Imperial Guard and he was sort of like setting it on fire or burning it or whatever. And uh, and, and that was just, uh, you know, illustrated and kind of... And I, that one card, you know, like three three inches by two inches and you look at it, and it really set my imagination off and I like was able to really clearly picture them. You know, this is when I was a teenager, mm. but I was really able to really clearly picture these two characters like meeting and one of them kind of like going, oh, I'm a stormtrooper, but I'm not going to be anymore. And, and then like going on the run and it being the beginning of this adventure, of this friendship. And, and they go off and do all this stuff together. Right. And you go like, oh, great. And, um, and it, it it was it felt sort of like epic. It was just this one like baseball card, but it was like, it felt really epic. And um, uh, and when you see Solo, it's kind of like there's no gravity to anything. There's no gravitas to anything. It's mm. it's it's just all very kind of like lightweight and fluffy, and it doesn't really was go the way the you think it's going to. Pre be. Uh, modern Star Wars take on it was that was what to have meant well, to have happened. Know, I what I think it is is it's a similar take to the Han Solo story as basically they did with Batman in the Lego movie. Where you kind of go, it's Batman, it's got all of the beats, it works as a Batman story, but it's also sort of taking the piss out of Batman. Mm. And I think that that's probably the tone that they were going to go for. Where it's like, it's a Han Solo movie, but it's got a different tone to the Star Wars. And it's like a one-off display. Why not? Why not make a broad you know, slapstick comedy uh, out of Star Wars? Why not? Why not? Why not make like Andor... Where it's kind of like this Cold War thriller. Why not do all these different things with Star Wars? Fine, just don't do it with like the the. Just get the main nine films done so that everyone's happy while everyone's still alive, and then and then do what you like with it. That's all you have to do. You've got three films to make, and then you can do anything you want with it. Okay. Okay. I remember seeing one of those. Um expanded universe things before they kind of retconned all star wars and i remember uh looking up different characters and they had like books with all the little pictures on and one of them was that bat who drinks the milk in the, the cantina in the oh right yeah the first film oh do you think he's a bat i was thinking but the first line that made me go and it's it was, it was, i used to find it really funny that they have like you'd have like pages of like biography for these characters that are in it for like two seconds and it starts off 
she was a queen on <laughs> it's like what <laughs> what and it's just this huge thing and it's followed by another like two pages of text about this sort of backstory for this character right and it's like and it was, I, as a kid i loved that idea of that kind of i oh, it's so well realized and everyone's got these backstories as an adult i just go who's written this george lucas doesn't know this he's, he's a- like bat one bat oi bat Milk bat. I like Can you the, just move like, about 45 degrees? It, well, there's like a team of people working through the night for months on end to create thousands of like masks for these creatures. And he goes in and he goes, I like the bat, I like the devil, I like the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. And then everything else, they just burn. They just yeah. incinerate everything else. Yeah, there was and nothing they just to it other than that. It's like, it does not, yeah. Yeah, bat, bat one, uh, yeah, devil man. Uh, <laughs> we'll have them, uh, but it actually it doesn't. And like it was that thing like prune face. What's that? And there's that clip, isn't there, of George Lucas? So he's like, what are they called? They're the little jabbers. Jowers. Well, yeah, but he's, isn't he calling them jabbers? Oh, and then someone says to him, jowers, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the uh, oh yeah, jabbers the other fella. He's like that. And he's like he doesn't know. <laughs> he's got no. He's just making you know the little jabbers. That's what they jabbers. And he's like, no, they're called jowers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's got that sort of... And you think he's this... All that kind of extra world building was kind of done around him. Yeah, but, like, he came up with the story... Oh, I'm I'm not not criticising him. But, like, none of that stuff comes up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you you watch all of them and you're kind of like, I don't know what any of them... There's there's some characters that are so well-known and you kind of like go, they were never introduced. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is Wedge ever called Wedge at any point in the the three films? probably not. But he's called Wedge Antilles. Why do I know that? Yeah. Like, but like, or is he called Wedge Antilles? He is called Wedge Antilles. Isn't there a Captain Antilles? Yeah, and I think that's meant to be someone else, right? Because isn't Captain Antilles who like? Wasn't C-3PO? he in Droids? Maybe. Isn't Captain Antilles the character, of, the main character from Droids? Oh my god, this is disgusting. This it episode. is. This is it. This Let's is burn it. it. This is not what I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, hang on, hang on, where, where do we get on to this? Star Wars, Aliens. Oh, that's what I was saying. I mean, this is the nerdiest. It is. This is awful. This makes me feel gross. It is a bit. It's fine. Um, Aliens. Oh, no, we're talking about Alien 3. That's a weird film where it always felt that, that they give it to David Fincher, who's a first-time director and had done music videos, when the first two have kind of been established with these very big-name directors right doing it i guess at the time they weren't david fincher becomes a big director so in the canon it feels like oh that's a that's a big director doing these things yeah, but, but it doesn't feel like james cameron wasn't a big no director. i guess i guess neither was ridley scott when i think about it no 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 but they were all kind of like on their way well ridley scott and david fincher were both commercials directors and james cameron had basically been spending years and years trying to get this alien film made but it was only his third film wasn't it he did piranha 2 terminator and then aliens yeah but he wrote aliens at the same time that he wrote rambo first blood part two i didn't know he wrote that rambo no first idea. blood part two yeah so he had rambo first blood part two on one typewriter and aliens on another typewriter and he would write on he would, he would have kind of like uh i don't know if it was wagner but he would have sort of like classical music blaring out and he would type uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2 and then he'd get to a certain point and then he'd write 
Aliens. And uh, and then once he delivered Rambo First Blood Part 2, uh, Sylvester Sloan rewrote it. I saw a clip today. Uh, I'll go back on point. This is a little aside. Of It might be quite a famous thing, but I didn't know about it. Of Matt, Matt Damon talking. And James Cameron offered him the lead role in Avatar. And Matt Damon was like, I'd like to do it. I can't. I'm doing the Bourne Ultimatum. And it's like, yeah, but you f- you, you'll be able to do it because the schedule fits up. And he's like, no, because we had to do reshoots on the first one. And we basically make the film and we see what it's like. And then we all go back in and go, right, what we need is X, Y and Z. So I guess Matt Damon's quite like a producer or something. He's right. involved in the thing. He says, we did it last time. We know how these films are made. We're, we're going to have to do reshoots. And James Cameron said, I really want you to be in this Avatar film. And he's like, I'd love to do it. It's, the schedule doesn't work. Cause, and he's like, it, it will work because it's it's after the filming stopped on board. He's like, no, we're definitely going to have to do reshoots. I'm not going to do it. And James Cameron says, okay, all right, you drive a hard bargain. Would you like 10% of Avatar? And Matt Damon says, no, I'm really sorry. I've got to do the Bourne Ultimatum reshoots. And Matt Damon says, um, I worked out that I turned down $290 million <laughs> to do the reshoots. On, uh, uh, <laughs> and a job like, for life. Yeah. And I just think, I, just, I mean, I sort of, Matt Damon's like, I, he goes, I think I've turned down the most amount of money of anyone in history to do reshoots. Well, I mean, I think he was, I think he made a choice that he was happy with. At the time, but he just goes, goes. Sometimes nobody, I think about that. Nobody needs that much money. No, but unless he was just going to become a uh, film company, yeah, and then he could just get any of his project, yeah. any projects made. You go fine, but um, and he was just going to spend all of his own money. Um, but a, he wouldn't have known how much money he was turning down. Like if he was offered three hundred million, he could have just said yes, but he wasn't. But that's like Sean Connery, isn't it? He turned down. Did he turn down the Matrix? Oh, he did. Yeah, I think. And then he turned down Lord Lord of the the Rings. Rings. And then when League of Extraordinary Gentlemen (laughs) came along, he was just like, "Well, (laughs) I shouldn't know what the fuck the other two are about." (laughs) The best bit of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is the bit where they all get together, and he goes, "The league is shit." And I was like, "That's what I was thinking." But what does he mean? The league is set. Brilliant. Great. Good, good times. Great. Great. Um, so I was watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so so the trouble is we're going to have to talk twice as long now so that we can cut out all the Star Wars stuff. Like, I don't mind talking about Terminator and Alien, but Terminator, Alien and Star Wars yeah, is just, it's, like, it's a stretch too far. We've gone wrong. It feels bad. Yeah, I, I, I partly think we should put it out, but I know exactly what you mean. It feels like a bit grubby. It feels awful. It just feels <laughs> like... Didn't want to do this. It just feels like... I mean, I'm happy talking about Kurosawa. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about obscure stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm sort of like... It's a way in. Oh, fuck. So if this is your first episode, it's, you've nailed it. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's very accessible. It's a very accessible episode. You've seen all these things we're talking about, haven't you? Everyone. Uh, of course you have. Um, 
Yeah, so anything anything more about Netflix? Yeah, well, the thing I was going to mention, right. the, the, the one thing I went, oh, I know what I'll watch. And it was the one thing I wanted to watch from when I didn't have Netflix. Of all the things that have been on Netflix, what's the thing that I was like, do you know what I would really like to see? Is The Pentaveret <laughs> with Mike Myers. Fuck. That was my number one. Like, Fuck. I really want to see it. Did you watch it? I, I watched it. Not only did I watch it, Nick. Did you watch it all? Watch it all. I loved it. Are you fucking kidding? Nope. I Are you loved fucking it. kidding? I absolutely loved it. I think, like, I'm, I just go, I just don't see a lot of TV comedy that I find funny. And to me, it was so childish. And I was like, God, I'm enjoying this. Oh, my God. I loved God. every minute of it. I could not believe it. I, I couldn't love it. believe it. I, I can't it believe so what I'm hearing. Mike Myersy. And so, like, and it had that thing where it felt old-fashioned, like, oh, God, it feels like it is from 20 years ago. And I loved it. Oh, my God. Loved it, Nick. Wow. Is okay. this something we disagree on? This is something that we disagree there we go. on. Here we go. I found, the, I, well, I found the, um, the, the time, um, what do you call it, the running time of all the episodes fascinating. Two hours. <laughs> two hours. You could watch the whole thing in two hours. It was like, the episode, was it, do you think it was a film that they split up? I think, no, I think it was... Episode one is something like 49 minutes. Episode two is 39 minutes. Episode three is 29 minutes. Episode four is 27 minutes. Episode five is 25 minutes. Episode six is an hour. It's like, it's, it's like they, they were like, well, we haven't got enough for our... It's like, by, by the third episode, it's 20 minutes shorter than the first episode. It's kind of like, it's absolutely bonkers the way that they did that. I just think my, there is something about things I like that I go... I feel like I'm at odds with the world. I didn't hear anyone say it was good, but I was always like, I want to see it. I thought I it see was it. like spectacularly. Um, I um, I auditioned for it, and um, uh, and I found and I, and the scene was kind of like really difficult to kind of work out. What's what was the scene that I auditioned for? I auditioned for the. Uh, one of the characters in the pool scene, and I think it might have been in episode two or three, mm-hmm. where yes. where they talk about how it's a Netflix series and uh-huh. that it needs to be edited for uh, content. The language, And yeah. so they cut it all down, and then it becomes like... But it sort of d- didn't, quite, didn't quite make sense on paper. And I auditioned for it, and then I never heard anything back. And I was just like, all oh, right. And then I watched it, and uh, I, it was like one of them. Oh my God! This is what they did. I just couldn't work out. Wh- like he's gone to all that effort to like dress up as Chef Chef Gordon. I thought it, I, I, everything and he about do, it. He doesn't do anything. Everything about it. I like that part. I like the effort it'd gone to. I liked. I liked all the sort of. I like the production design on what it. What about the episode I where loved... he meets a man dressed up as Shrek? Yep, <laughs> I loved it. Honestly, but like, not, I but loved it, it. But it's like one of them cheap kind of like Shrek costumes that you get from like uh, from theme parks and stuff. I think and I think like, I liked all the stuff you didn't it like. It was like what he's like. Mike Myers is now talking to Shrek, Shrek and yeah. Shrek is talking to Mike Myers. Yeah, but. The mouth on the massive Shrek head doesn't move. It's yeah. not an articulated it's suit. Not. It's just it, it was like what? I found all this I think all this added to it. I found it utterly it charming. It was so complicated and like there was like like he 
like all of like the old footage of him as like a, a, um, a, a local news kind of anchor. Well, he's not an anchor, is he? He's a presenter. Mm. He's like the roving reporter. I thought all of that was just kind of like it was really kind of like nicely done, and obviously it was sort of like. Um, a love letter to Canadian TV that he grew up on. But it just was like, like I just didn't, I didn't find any of it. I found it, I found it really I, funny in a way that I don't find a lot of comedy shows. What did you find shows. funny? Oh, I found it all funny. Wow. I found it like, I was really like, and I found it, when I was watching it, I was going, this is for me. I just was really like, I missed it. I realised I was going, I miss stuff like this. I re- and I really miss Mike Myers and I kept yes. having these moments when I was watching it going God I love him so much I, so great. I love uh, the Wayne's World films and I love the first two Austin Powers films and I, I, I really I really liked Mike Myers films um, you know the Pentaveret he goes into quite a lot of depth in uh, about the Pentaveret in So I Married an Axe Murderer his dad uh, his Scottish dad mm. at some point someone said to Mike Myers you're great at doing Scottish accents. And then he was like, great, that's what I'm going to do forever now. And uh, so so I married an ex-murderer. He's got a Scottish dad that starts talking about the Pentaveret. And then 30 years later, he's made it into this TV yeah. series. I mean, maybe it hit me on a bad day. I don't know. I don't but know anyone I else it, who liked it. I watched it, it over weeks. Although I did recommend it to my brother and said, have you seen this? He said, no. And I said, watch it. And he was going, oh, I love it. And I went, yeah, me too. I just love it. I, I only heard it was bad and I was slightly trepidatious going in. And almost from minute one, I was like, I love it. I, I, lo- I, do, I love all the stuff. bonkers that it, I it, cannot believe. What, what, what led you to, is it, are they oh, still advertising the, the Pentaveret? No, it was the one thing that I thought from not having Netflix in a year that my brain was like, I don't care. That's my number one thing I want to watch was oh, the Pentaveret. Cool. There's been nothing, like, uh, that's what I mean. It's like nothing, whenever I see things like on Netflix now, I don't have that thing where it's like, and that, you know, since I cancelled it, I get emails once a day of it's like, this will get you back. Do you want to watch this? It's like, nope. And then, they, and then they sent you an email about the Pentaveret. No, like the Pentaveret was one where I just went, oh, that is, I would like to see that. But I'm not I getting would Netflix like to in. see it. I would like cool. to see it. But um, I did see it. And then once I'd seen it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, th- I think, I, I really don't think it is for everyone. And maybe it's only for me. That's what I thought. But I was like, I was really sold on it. I was sold on it from like, after five minutes, I was like, oh, I love it. I, I love the tone of it. I love, but I love the tone of it, and I think the tone is mad. I forgot that. I it think existed. it is mad. There's huge stretches without any attempt at a joke. No, like <laughs> they're doing jokes you've got all that, the time. You've got that one character whose whose trait is that he he shits in his van. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's like it's like what's the joke? Like the joke is that. <laughs> One is like holding their noses while they're driving. <laughs> Fucking hell, you're crying. Fucking it. hell. I loved it. And that's why I was going. I was, I was just like, it really tickled me. He uh, played so many characters. Yeah. I don't mind that. I love. I that. don't mind that. But then you're kind of like, why are you playing? Like, like why are you playing Shep Gordon? Like why? Because I think it's fun, and I think it's like it also felt like it's drawing in all this stuff, like everything he's made. 
it feels like I'm drawing all this right. stuff from. Yeah, sure. And I think like, and I think so. Partly it feels a little bit Austin Powersy. Yeah. It's based around stuff from Sorry Married an Axe Murderer. It's got like Shep Gordon from his documentary Supermensch. Um, sure, and it's sort of like the same style as Austin Powers and Wayne's. And World. I like that idea that they're kind of like, oh, there is this. You know, I thought the concept was fun. Where I it's think like absolutely. Give Mike Myers a TV series. Give him a Netflix series. Absolutely. <laughs> give him all the money. What? What? This? What? I think absolutely. Give him that. Bring him no, back. I thought, I bring thought. him back. Give him another. <laughs> what? What no, is one this? The one thing that was really surprised me about it was it didn't feel like give him all the money. It felt like give him a really small amount of money. Do you think? I think it looked really well. I think it looked well. Maybe it's I that, think that's they probably Austin Powersy. They're doing kind of massive sixty sets on a budget. I think maybe they did kind of like they spent the money chronologically, and it was like right, we're going to need loads of costumes, loads of masks, loads of loads of latex. We're going to need loads of like special effects. That's what we're going to spend all the money on, and then they were like. We've got episode five, Shrek turns up. Ah, right. Um, wait here. <laughs> I've got something in my garage. And then he comes out in the Shrek out. It's like, I just found that just bonkers. It was bonkers. Fucking like, the fact like... that he, he doesn't he say to, to, doesn't he say to Shrek, I love you. And then Shrek uh, gives him the thumbs up and says, you're really great. Or something like that. Isn't there like an exchange, which is like, no, no. It's a bit like the bit in... Um, the, fan, the fanatic starring John Travolta, where uh, Devin, it's, di it's directed by um, Limp Biscuit. what's his name? Yeah, Fred Durst. Fred Durst. There's a bit in The Fanatic starring I've John Travolta. I've never seen it. I really want to watch it, actually. Oh, it's great. I mean, like, <laughs> it's great. It's not pentaveret good, but it's, it's pretty good, right? There's a bit in The Fanatic where, and this is John Travolta's favourite character that he's ever played. And his opening line is he comes into like a movie memorabilia store and he hops from one foot to the other. This is John Travolta. And he comes in, he's got this like, I just watched The Fanatic. Um, and, he, and he comes into this movie memorabilia store. I think I know what you're going to say and I haven't he, seen it. And he jumps from one foot to the other. And uh, his opening line in the movie is, <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need to go poo. <laughs> and you go, Wow, that's great. There's a bit. There's a bit later on where Devin Sawyer from uh, the uh, Stan video, which is a film all about a fanatic fan. So, th so Fred Durst has really thought yeah, about yeah, the layers yeah, of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit when uh, when Devin Sawyer's driving around uh, Los Angeles with his son, and uh, they put Limp Biscuit on the car <laughs> stereo, and they uninterrupted just listening to like. As a, a, a Limp Bizkit song as they're driving around Los Angeles and Devin Sawyer turns around to his son and he, he goes like you hear this? This is Limp Bizkit they're incredible <laughs> <laughs> written and directed and produced by Fred Durst it's That's just that like good. it's absolutely bonkers um, it the, is similar to the, the in that oh way. yeah John Travolta plays a character called Moose and he is uh, he plays like one of them um English, uh, he plays one of them characters on Hollywood Boulevard and he's playing like an English Bobby uh, but and he's doing like this very bad sort of British accent but it's like deliberately but it's kind of weird, it's like is it a comedy, is it a drama, is it a thriller what is it? It's it's cra it's just this crazy film that is just <laughs> and, 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 and you can't like say that it didn't it's entertaining I don't know but maybe I, I like I, I think that 
Pentaveret just felt like this is exactly what I want. I cannot believe this. this. I loved it so much. Oh my God, I might have to. I don't know if any, like, and I think all the reasons you're saying that was mad is all things I was like going, almost every one-to-one, I've gone, love that when that happened. Loved it when that happened. I loved it when Shrek turned up. I couldn't believe it. You loved it when Shrek turned up. I don't like Shrek. By but that that's, point, that's the best Shrek film. I the was, Ben Savaret is the best Shrek. Film. I was that. By the point that Shrek turned out, I was just kind of like in absolute disbelief. Where did where did they film that? <laughs> it felt like they'd sort of. I like, got the impression it was all filmed in England somewhere, right? Oh yeah, I got the impression that they'd sort of like been given the keys to Legoland for like an afternoon, and then <laughs> yeah, they were just like. But it, but or maybe they filmed it in York, did they? It really like it's got like these kind of like old sort of like cobbled kind of like battlements in it. When you watch, like, there's lots of old, um, and I mean, that is what it kind of felt like as well. That, that occasionally on something like Talking Pictures TV or one of those which shows old British movies, it shows like, I saw a Peter Sellers film recently, and it's one of those ones you've like never really heard of it. We called The Mouse That Roared. Yes, and, I've heard of that. Oh right, okay. And it's it's about it's Peter Sellers, and it's British. It's all like British cast. Is it one of his? I union? guess it's probably. I don't know when, if it was made after he was actually big in America or not. And it's one where it's Peter Sellers stars as uh, the guy who's like the prince of this weird uh, country right. uh, in the middle of nowhere that decides it's going to invade America. And it's like, this feels like the Pentaveret. Like it's something, and you watch it and you go, so, kind of a weird concept where it's just, they play like, we're just a weird country where weird think we, we're a kingdom in this uh, in this tiny island and we're going to invade america and you watch it and go what a funny old film that is and when i was watching the pentaver i went I, it feels a lot like that to the point where i was going in fact i'd bet money mike myers loves that film is it two hours what the, what? the pentaver yeah it's about two hours all told isn't it I don't, I don't know. Like I do, uh, when I was going through it, it was like, oh my god, another four episodes. Oh, I, but maybe they haven't, maybe it's maybe it's no, a lot I longer think, than I think it is. No, I don't think it is. I think the, I thought the, I thought the whole thing. I couldn't believe. Like every time an episode ended, I was like, that only seemed like it was on for about ten minutes. Do I need to give it another go? No, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. Well, I feel like when it came out, all I'd hear was like, Pentaveret's come out, and people doing a kind of, oi, and I was like. I, I I really want to watch that. I really want to watch that show. Wow. And I was looking forward to it. So I, I didn't go in with low, but maybe I went in with slightly low expectations thinking I'd heard it wasn't good. And there's just so much fun. Like, I really like stuff like all the, when they go there, all the pentaveret wording is all the, the typeface of the prisoner is everywhere. And you go, I quite like all that stuff. I like how fanish it is in his like, all the stuff he likes is in it. Yeah, he's done absolutely. all his stuff. I love that. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's a real love letter to all of his interests and mm. all of his past body of work and everything. It's great. And if you're a Mike Myers fan, you should love this. <laughs> you're a Mike Myers fan. Yeah. <laughs> it was. F- <laughs> I love it. I, mean, I just had such a kind of. I was so like. I just had that like like when we talked about Kurt Russell the other week. I just I, I went away from it going, oh, what a guy! I wow. really like Mike Myers. Wow. I really like him. And also, I just thought I just found myself going, God, I wish he was my friend. I'd love to have a <laughs> chat with Mike Myers. Mm. 
I'd love to sit down and have a chat. And I sure. reckon he'd be really nice. Sure. I think he's a really nice bloke. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, uh, I mean, I he's your favourite bit of Inglorious Bastards, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Your favourite. That is the your be- favourite Tarantino movie. Is uh, that bit of Inglorious Bastards when uh, Mike Myers Mike turns Myers up and that, does uh, Basil Exposition? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I do. I got a real buzz out of it when it happened. It's like brilliant, love it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, great. Um, <laughs> Fine. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to say. No, that's, that's that's what I wanted to say when we started the episode. And I've realised we've done it in. Uh, we're now what um, an hour plus in. Yeah. But that's that's what that's what I wanted to say. No, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that you did. <laughs> I'm glad that you did. I suppose it's time for some uh, appreciation mail, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Fuck. I can't. I'm absolutely gobsmacked, really. But um, okay, <laughs> appreciation mail. Uh, uh, coming up. Hey, I'm coming up. There he is coming up. Are you coming up? What way are you coming up this I'm week? I'm using the rope ladder this week. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not risking it. It's a I, good idea. Nick mentioned sorry. something earlier, and I think it's probably for the best. Can you print out the uh, the appreciation mail for this week, please, JC three thousand? Affirmative. Oh yeah, great. That's really great. Oh yeah, I'm. I will take the rope, the the, the, the knotted rope up, but um, uh, I ended up. Making a terrible mess of all your appreciation mail. The paper printouts from the Jersey Tower 3000. I mean, I got, they got very stained and 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 murk, murky, murky. We should probably at some point try and go paperless with this for the environment. Oh, I think so for the for the environment. Is there anything that you can do? Maybe you could email. Oh, I'm not so good with technology, my friend. Uh, but I'll give it. A, I'll give it a go for next week. Okay. This week, we're just going to be reading it out on paper, just like we normally do. Okay, that's great. Okay, so this is a piece of appreciation. No, no, no. Uh, le- allow me. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Brian. Okay. John, this is from John Bone. Okay, John Bone. Regular correspondent. Regular correspondent, John Bone. One of five listeners. <laughs> John Bone. Dear Nick, Nat, Brian, Christopher, and JC3000, I recently decided to rewatch Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for the first time since it was released. I thought it was crap back then, and upon rewatching, I was pleasantly surprised to discover I'd been right the first time. It's out of dog shit. With that in mind, can I ask both you chaps to rewatch a film you didn't originally like to see whether your attitudes towards it have mellowed over the years? Or whether you're still finding it repulsive. Repulsive's a strong word. P.S. I decided to grade the Indiana Jones films using the ACDC ometer. How how do you say that? Using the ACDC ometer. Ometer. The ACDC ometer. The ACD cometer. The ACDC dash ometer. In ascending order of merit, they are Crystal Skull is rock or bust. Fuck me, Rock or Bust was an awful album. Hey, I was doing me finest. Yeah, sorry, Brian, I forgot that you you were in the room, but Rock or Bust was a... 
if you want to, if you want to see, would you say it's equivalent of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah, maybe. Rock or Bust is a really bad album. They followed up a really good album, okay. which was Black Ice, which was they did their world tour. They, you know, I saw the Black Ice tour maybe three or four times. It was absolutely incredible. Um, uh, that's the one where they crashed a train onto um, onto the <laughs> stage. Like the, 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 I wasn't this, interested. Now I'm now I'm interested. There's this animated like intro where there's like uh, where Angus Young is like, like this. You know, he's dressed in his school uniform, uh, and he's like. Um, he drive the train. He's driving the train, and uh, and they're all like, these sexy women that are right on the train, and he's like driving the train, and the train gets faster and faster, and then. It crashes onto the stage, and this real train is just like appears on the train, and Angus Young just comes out of like the fucking door of the train, just playing his. Are their bodies hanging off the train? Uh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's a family show, no. but um, it was like one of the coolest intros I've ever seen. And then they followed it up with his album Rock or Bust, and then the and then the answer was Bust. You, you, I mean, like. The music videos they released for it are the cheapest things you've ever seen. It was oh, wow. it was absolutely astonishing. But um, yeah. Anyway, so King of the Crystal. So King of the Oh, thank you for the brief history of my band. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, P.S. I decided to grade them. Okay, right. Crystal Skull is rock or bust. Temple of Doom is Let There Be Rock. Last Crusade is Powerage, and Raiders is, of course, Highway to Hell. Sorry, Brian. Later losers. Would you hold them in similar regard? Um, and I don't, I can't really remember what's on Let There Be Rock that well. I think Temple of Doom, Let There Be Rock, is that a bit, is that a bit, is that a bit harsh? Sure, I like, sorry, Brian. Okay, Highway to Hell. Yeah, I would say Back in Black is um, Last Crusade because it's new. Okay, so Back in Black was. When Bon Scott died, mm-hmm. Back in Black was Brian Johnson's first. That's right. It was <laughs> Back in Black was my first album, and it sold more copies than Thriller. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe, or maybe it was uh, maybe it was the second best-selling album next to Thriller. Okay. Or maybe it sold the same amount as Thriller, or maybe it sold more than Thriller. Something about thrill. It was a lot of money. It was like it was like I was like oh I I really like I I I got into ACDC and my sister was like oh yeah you like ACDC do you like an obscure oh you like she thought I was being like a wanker because it was like this obscure <laughs> band and I was like they've sold more albums than the Beatles <laughs> like they're the most fa- they're pretty much the most famous band on the planet or they're the biggest band just because you don't listen to them don't they? anyway I um. I want to try and make a point of rewatching all the Indiana Jones movies. I've only seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull once, but I would say that I enjoyed it better than like it's the worst one. But I don't remember it. Like I always felt like it's getting a hard time. This it's perfectly fine. You can't like how, how good do you think these films are going to be? These what Kingdom of yeah. Well, I just go like, I mean, of course, like I didn't have a problem with all the alien stuff. I thought it all felt like it was doing 50s. uh, No, I don't. 50s B-movie stuff. I don't. I think it all just I think that if they'd have done 50s B-movies, it would have been a lot better. But they did. They did Aztec aliens. Yeah, but I think that's what it's that kind of bringing a kind of the 80s sensibility to the 30s stuff. And then it's bringing like a very modern sensibility to sort of fifties B movies. Sure, I get, I get like what the, I get what they were aiming for, but uh, but 
it felt like it didn't feel like its own thing. I think if they'd have kind of like gone, right, we've done the three eighties movies and they're all kind of like, uh, of a piece. Yeah. They're like these three adventure Lawrence of Arabia, uh, the treasure of the Sierra Madrid. What is it? Sierra Madrid. Ma- Sierra Madre, isn't it? The treasure of the Sierra Madre. <laughs> you know, they're aiming at like these like huge epic kind of, um, uh, what are they? These huge, epic, sprawling adventure. Yeah, it's a cross between Lawrence of Arabia and James Bond, basically. Mm. And, and you kind of go, that's great. And you made three films that are sort of like that. Even though like the middle one is like a very slight film, it's kind of like, yeah, you've done those three. When they came back, they shouldn't have done another one. Yeah, I sort of think that about all these things. There's a bit of it where, and I feel that way about the upcoming one. It's like, we can't judge these things on their own merit now. We've learned. When will we ever learn the, with these things? It's like it's almost like, do you want it or not? And that's what your answer is. It's like you're not going to get something that's like the same as the others. Yeah, you're going to get something that's a very modern film that's trying. To while he's still a, with yeah, us. while he's while he's about. Let's 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 try and get one more with Harrison Ford. Yeah, before we kind of like. And you kind of go, yeah, absolutely do that. And if Harrison Ford wants to do it, brilliant, let him do it. But what I would say is that the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull felt like it was trying to be a 1980s Indiana Jones film, whilst at the same time be a 1950s alien-inspired adventure. And you kind of like go, well, they're different things. The Indiana, you know, you've got to make it like the original three Indiana Jones films because it's part of the same franchise and, and you can't just come to see something that looks yeah. and feels completely different. So you have to make it. But what you would have been better, what they'd have been better off doing was to be kind of like doing an Indiana Jones adventure and scrapping everything from the 30s and 40s and all the Nazi stuff and scrapping all of that and going, we're going to do like a um, uh, like a Cold War alien invasion movie you know, like the War of the Worlds or something mm. like that, where it's kind of like, or the thing from another world. We're going to find out who's a thing. Where you've got kind of like aliens coming in and it's a metaphor for, um, you know, uh, the, the the Russian invasion. And it's kind of like, okay, sure. That's what they, that's what maybe they should have done. But w- what you end up with is it's kind of like, it's a tribute to the original three Indiana Jones films. It's using technology that... Um, doesn't really belong in the Indiana Jones films, um, and it doesn't feel like an up. Uh, to me, it doesn't feel like an updating of the, of nineteen fifties sci-fi. It just feels like an idea that they didn't really run with, and they've tried to cram it into the aesthetic of the original three. So, I I just, but I did see it recently, and um, uh, and. Um, when I say recently, I mean I saw it two years ago, mm-hmm. I, maybe over two. I saw it in my old flat, so that's over four years ago. Saw <laughs> okay. so it when it came out. <laughs> um, well, when it came out, I was horrified, but when you go back and you watch it, it's actually there's still lots to really like about it. Yeah, um, I always, I, I thought it was always kind of like, yeah, and there's lots of nice little bits of casting that you go, that feels that feels about right. I think they're sort of. I think they're silly to kind of when they do these kind of, you know, the fourth part or the they they pick up these franchises years later. It just always feels like, 
you've got to accept these things are a different animal. It's just not going to be the same thing. Out of all of those films, one of the one of the most successful is Rocky Balboa. Yeah, where they where it's kind of like he absolutely nails that, and also Creed was like a great. Yeah. Is, yeah. was like that's how you do it. Like yeah. I can't believe that that yeah, people like know. Star Wars and these huge franchises aren't looking at something like. Uh, the Rocky franchise and going, oh, that's how you do kind of like a tribute to the originals whilst actually f- making... Yeah. It's like making something new. And you're kind of like, you've got like these... Um, uh, what what do you call it? Um, old characters. What is the word that I'm looking for? Like... Um, like when you have bands that are still performing. Uh, vintage or canon, parts of the canon or... No. Legacy. Yes. You've got these legacy characters and then and 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 you don't know what to do with the legacy characters. Well in uh, in Creed they did it perfectly. Mm. You know, he played the same character for 50, 50, 60, 55 years or whatever it was, and he got Oscar nominated both ends of the fucking spectrum yeah. on that. And it's kind of he doesn't get enough credit really. Um No, you're right. That is a good example of one where it, it works. Um, and works in a really satisfying way that kind of makes makes sense of a franchise that everyone felt had gone completely off the rails and actually brings it all back as a, a whole yeah. and makes it all go, right, he's like this guy who has done all this stuff. Yeah. And it feels like, and now he's in his 60s or whatever, and he's like, yeah. and he's the, now this guy. That's what it's about. Yeah. Well, because it's autobiographical. Mm. And I'm not expecting Indiana Jones to be that, but uh, but... If you're gonna do it, do like shiny, shiny silver flying saucers, and mm. uh, and Area Fifty One, and, and 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 green aliens with kind of like almond eyes, and yeah. and do all that stuff. Just do, just just do it, and lean into it. It was always a friend, like I think even from the end of like. Um... Because it's Aztec, so they go to the, so yeah. it ends up looking like all the other Indiana Jones films, but it doesn't feel like any of them. And it was never really meant to feel like them because it was meant to be influenced by different things. So it's like, it's almost like the art department let it down. Do you know? I, it was like, it was like, hmm. well, we're making an Indiana Jones film, so we'll make it look like all the other Indiana Jones films. But in actual fact, it's not meant to. Yeah. I mean, and I agree. I know, like, people. Didn't and they're not like aliens either. They're interdimensional beings. Yeah. I liked. Um Oh, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't mad about all the CGI. People go, "Oh, he's got so much CGI." And it's like, well, of course it will, because it's a George Lucas, Steven Spielberg film. Of course it is. Of course that's what it's going to be now. And the artist in them would be kind of like, yeah, let's do, um, you know, let's do, let's uh, let's do sort of like a retro. It's not even like let's do it fr- like it is in the 80s. It's kind of like let's do it like they did in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know. Like the, the technology that they made, uh, the original trilogy, wasn't that far advanced from what it was back in the day. It was the same thing. Now, obviously, they, pe- they don't even shoot on film anymore. It's all digital. Everything's CGI. And it's kind of like, yeah, great. And uh, um, that's not a complaint. That's just like... Things are different. Like the even, even the format and the 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 material that they're recording the images on is different. So it's so if you were going to do like an Indiana Jones film, I think that the idea would be to kind of like replicate um, the technology of back in the day. Uh, so that would be the artist in 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 the filmmaker 
to be kind of like, well, we'll try and make it like a retro throwback thing. But the business man or the business mind is that George Lucas is always kind of like testing technology and trying to f progress the the art form and the medium. And it's like, okay, so he can't he can't do a retro one that feels like the others because he's got to be pushing boundaries. And like you know, the bit when Shia LaBeouf is swinging around with the monkeys, it's like that's aged. I mean, it looked bad at the time, mm. and and you kind of like go, well, why did you? I mean, that feels like very kind of uh, Star Wars prequels. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm really, I'm quite looking forward to getting, watching them all again. And I actually, I've, it's not just you. I've heard a few people talk about how much they've liked Temple of Doom. And I think, oh yeah, that's something I'd like to watch again. Because I think I might appreciate it more. Or I, I'd never, I, was, I could never stand Kate Capshaw in it. And I felt like she just basically, and, and that's not her fault. But that her character was uh, was just insulting, and I just found it just her so annoying throughout the entire. Film. And then when I watched it again, it didn't bother me at all. And I actually thought they've tried to come up with an alternative to Karen Allen from the first one. They've kind of like done. They've got a different route. Um, and Indiana Jones is being a bit of a lecherous pervert because he's kind of like. Um, gone on an adventure with this showgirl who is kind of like into her looks and she's worried if she breaks a nail and stuff like that and it's kind of like they've done so it's sort of sexist but it's a tribute to sexist movies <laughs> so it's fine no I think I'm going to watch them all I'm I always, I always all. had a difficulty with that but I didn't. it didn't bother me so much this time and I felt like actually a lot of the jokes were actually aimed at Indiana Jones rather than her also as a kid I mean, my favourite was definitely Last Crusade. It was my favourite. And I'd be kind of interested. It's the funny one. Yeah, it's the one I was always like, yeah, this is good. But it's the one that I find like George, uh, no, sorry, John Williams's, um, uh, John Williams's score is a little bit overbearing in Last Crusade. Like everything, all of the comedy is incredibly, he's, he's done a comedy score for it. Mm. And all the comedy is like really brought to the forefront with the with the score. The bit when he's, um, uh, in the library, and he's stamping the books at the same time. Uh, and Jane Jones is like smashing uh, a yes, hole in yeah, the floor. Yeah. That is like so. Like it's a, it's a gag. Like it's all just like comedy, comedy, comedy. And um, and when I was younger, I loved all of that. And um, like it just it, all of like the action sequences feel like um, choreographed sort of dance routines and. Sure, I think I I don't I I still I still really like Last Crusade. I think I him and like Sean Connery. Yeah. On a tangent here again, but I watched the Fablemans. Oh uh, yeah, have you seen it? That's what we should be talking about. Right, should we talk about it now? Well, let's finish the fan mail. Yeah, let's do some fan mail. Oh yeah, of course, do a fan mail. Thanks, thanks, Brian. Uh, if I was going to rank the Indiana Jones films, it would be Last Crusade. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. That's it. <laughs> They're the ones. I wouldn't. I just. Well, I've seen Crystal Skull enough. Yeah. I don't need. But to I think. I think there is an argument for all this stuff. I think it's like uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skull is another one. Yeah, it's another one. If you want that, it's there. If you want it. The thing is, the thing is about like Terminator Genesis, um, is that, <laughs> is that, 
none of the everyone knows that Arnold Schwarzenegger is just there for the paycheck. That's everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, Wait, it, hang on. Gen- oh, Genesis is the yes, I do know. Yeah. It's it's absolutely awful, right? Terminator Five, right? Sure. Or three or, part two. Uh, Terminator three point five, or three point what is it? Three point two. Three again. Terminator the third one. Is it? Isn't it doing the third one again? Isn't Terminator Salvation? No, Terminator Salvation does lead on from Terminator 3, doesn't it? I think so. That is four. That's technically four. Uh, Terminator... It's like... Okay, so by the time you get to Terminator 5, or Terminator 4 even, none of the original uh, team are there. <laughs> um, James Cameron has left. Uh, no, Like, you've got... You, you're kind of well, like... It's diminishing returns, right? So you get... McGee did that um, Kevin Costner film, Three Days to Kill. And then uh, I guess he's, I think he's 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 done TV, doesn't he? Do that rock TV series? Oh, maybe. I think he's I think he's doing really well. He's all right. But like, I think that original Charlie's Angels film is like uh, they nailed that. It was like absolutely that is exactly what this needed to be, and mm-hmm. you did it really well. Um, but like so, so the thing is with the Terminator franchise is that you haven't got any of the original creators on it, and it's now it's just sort of like you got. You've got people that keep buying the rights, keeps moving from studio to studio. There's no connectivity to it. There's no... Um, uh, th- there's no... Through line. Through line. It's kind of like they're all just kind of... Um, there's no DNA that passes over from film to film. You know, they recast... Uh, you know, Edward Furlong is John Connor. And then in the very next film, it's Nick Stahl. And then in the very next film, it's uh, Christian Bale. And in the back of your head, you're going... These actors are still alive. Yeah. Like, there's no continuity with the casting or anything like that. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is, has to be in all of it. It's kind of like, okay, right. And then they're all basically trying to remake Terminator 2, except for Terminator Salvation, which is kind of like, there's interesting things about it, but it's ridiculous. It's like, if you, the whole point of a Terminator is that it's a stealth killing machine that you can kind of like dump in in the future. Um, uh, there's the last remnants of humanity and these Terminator machines infiltrate their underground lairs and uh, murder all the humans and it's terrifying and they've got like this 50 foot transformer with arms and legs that shoots motorbikes out of its wrists and it's kind of like well who's that meant for? <laughs> Is that meant to just walk up to a door and knock on the door and then you go oh yeah come in <laughs> <laughs> and then he kills everyone. He's just like, oh, hang on a minute. And then there's the whole point of them is that they're meant to. I understand why a Terminator has arms and legs because it's meant to look like a human. Why is that fifty foot fucking tall fucking robot got arms and legs? The the other ones fly and they don't have arms. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's no anyway. So there's no through line of consistency. And so by the time you get to Terminator four or five, it's like, of course it's shit. But with Crystal Skull, it's like you've got George Lucas, you've got Indiana Jet, you've got the all, as many of the cast returning as they can get. You've got Steven Spielberg's directing. So it's kind of like, well, why is this bad? So it's kind of like uh, Crystal Skull is much, much better than the bad Terminator films. But it's kind of like you can take or leave the Terminator films because by uh, if it's not James Cameron, then it doesn't count, really. But with... Um, with, with the Indiana Jones films, it's kind of like, well, if you've still got George Lucas and Spielberg, then what is this? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I do think they fit, that, I, I don't know, in my mind, it feels like a slightly different thing. Like, you've got three films that they made 
in a short period of time and another one it feels a bit like a reunion thing you know it's like um it's like when they bring something back at a later stage and it's like sure you've done an extra one of these that's not really part of the the same yes. work. you know it doesn't feel quite the same as the other three yes it does feel like and another one but it's weird it's weird that it keeps happening with all of these franchises and hmm. and, and, and nobody because no, of money no, though, right it's just that thing they just need to make more money Sure, sure. And they but know people will go and see it. I'll go and see it. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to this new Indiana Jones film. I just don't know what I'm expecting from it. I'm not necessarily like, I'm very open to see what's like. And in a way, I think it doesn't matter. I think I'm a bit like, whatever, do I th- whatever. I think a lot of these films sort of like fall in the trap of kind of like trying to um, outdo and recreate previous installments. When in actual fact, you could have done like a Terminator Western movie. You know, mm. and or you could have just done like a chase movie where um, a Terminator is on its way uh, across the Wild West to get an ancestor. And uh, and then it's a reversal where the humans are chasing <coughs> are chasing the Terminator as opposed to the Terminator chasing the human. You know, you could do like. Yeah. And it's like it's a simple twist. It feels like a Terminator film because it's a chase film, but it's not. And uh, but it's not exactly the same because there's like this tiny little twist, and then the film is really simple, like the original Terminator film. Even you know Terminator Two isn't that like mind-boggling, but they were just like no, we just do twists on top of twists on top of twists, and and that's bollocks. But anyway, uh, from Matthew Rees, genuinely thrilled to have you back. Question: If you could go on holiday in a film for a week, what would your first and last choice be, and why? If you go on holiday, holiday f- in, in a, a film. film, if you go on holiday in a film, um, hmm. Hmm. I feel like all those places, like, um, uh, like Hill Valley in Back to the Future, feels like a recognisable place with a geography that you kind of know where it is and where you're going. I feel like somewhere like that, I'd quite like to have a wander around in. I know that's the universal backlot, but like I do like. Yeah, but I, d- I, I mean, that is probably why I, I wouldn't, because it's the universal backlot, and then it's kind of like, well, that's the same. Do you know what I mean? It's like I love the look of Hill Valley, but also I am aware that you probably could do that. Well, I have. I've been. <laughs> yeah. I've been to. I've been to. Um, the, they shot. I did a Warner Brothers. I think it was Warner Brothers. It's a Warner Brothers um, studio tour, and I think they were filming Gilmore Girls in the same square. But it was like the same square in Grim. They use it in loads of films. Um, I I would say something like the Grand Budapest Hotel, or if you had to go on holiday somewhere. Did you see the French Dispatch? Yes, yeah. Like the bit at the beginning when they're doing the drinks, and it's the tray, and the tray keeps moving around, and then they put all the different drinks on and stuff like that. I'd like to go to a hotel where they um, look after you like that. Yeah, what's this? Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, but in terms of, like, where would you like to go on holiday? Or, like, um, I think where he goes on holiday in Punch Drunk Love looks quite nice. <laughs> it's a good question, though, Matthew. It's a good question for another time. <laughs> hi, gu- hi, guys! Hi, guys! Okay, <laughs> directors, Franimal. Okay, this is from Francis. Hi, guys. Enjoying the podcast. 
I walked out of Tar and didn't love Babylon, so there was probably an hour of entertainment in there. Okay. I walked out of Tar and didn't love Babylon, so there's probably an hour of entertainment in there. Which film director do you think has the longest run? Beck. What? The longest run. Making a bad film before three stars. What? Keep up the good work. Which director has the longest run? Beck making a bad film. Before making a bad film? That must be it, right? Which film director do you think has the longest run before making a bad film before three stars? Before three stars? Before three stars, question mark? What? I don't understand this. The longest... No, I think it's that. I think how long can you, as a director, made film after film after film and then, like, essentially made back-to-back good films? Um, I think of that differently now. I will talk about it, just because it keeps half coming up. But... I was watching The Fablemans, and it's Steven Spielberg film, and I enjoyed it. It's not mind-blowing, but I really liked it as a film. And over Christmas, I watched West Side Story, and it's not... West Side Story wasn't a film I was, like, desperate to see, and I'm not a big fan of, like, musicals, and it wasn't something I was, like, that mad on. I was really struck with these, and partly, I mean, because you kind of get the get to the point where Spielberg's probably at retirement age and I don't know if he'll make other films now. He's kind of just about, I think he's half checking out now and going, this might be about it for me. Um, is that when I watched this film, I was really struck by this story, just how incredibly well made it was. And it wasn't, it isn't necessarily a film that's aimed at me, but I was really struck with that and Fablemans where that, these filmmakers are from this sort of generation where they're kind of almost like classic filmmakers. And when you watch it, you go, God, he's good, isn't he, at making films. Even if the films themselves, they're not all five-star films, but I was just struck with, like, he has got this sort of ability to make films, which is so different from the way most film directors make films now. It feels like a lot of films don't feel particularly different from television, or they're not terribly visually interesting (coughs) and it's like whatever's going on he's doing something in every shot or in every scene and he's thought about it even though the you know the films themselves aren't always great Mm. movies or Mm. i loved it but there's something about the sort of way they're made that made me go oh i guess we are losing something now we are kind of there's an end of an era in terms of these kind of filmmakers that make things and also when um, when there's film directors you like, I think you always get something out of their movies. Even if you go, oh, it's a shame it's not as good as that last one. Or it's a shame it's not... Um, like when we did that John Carpenter rundown the other week. There's very few of that list that I'd be like, oh, get it out of my sight. I'd watch all of them. You know, that's what I mean. I'd watch all of them because you sort of, you invest in something and there's something about the kind of, it is what directors are and not being auteurish or or whatever. I just mean it in terms of people always do bring these things to the table. And it's like when we talk about people like, um, I was talking yesterday about Joe Johnson and saying he does like, even though he is one of those Spielbergian directors who came off the back of that and he works with Spielberg he's one of those guys like Frank Marshall or like Zemeckis or whatever 
that even though they've gone off, and they will start from this thing where people go, oh, yeah, they're a bit like Spielberg, aren't they? They've got these sort of same sensibilities that they have their own thing going on as well. Mm. And even though, you know, a lot of these directors are quite journeymen. They're, they're doing projects. They're not necessarily big enough directors that they originate in their own material. But when you see enough of their films, you go, they've all got something, you know. They've all got this personality to them that's sort of absent from other similar films or other kind of things that spin off of franchises or, you know, they've got something that's a bit different from if someone else had made them. Right, yes. And, I, you know, I think Or that, something missing. Yeah, in some, in some instances there is that. Or it's like, it's like that but without that. Or it's like that with that. And or, and some of them are slightly. It's a bit like Spielberg film, but it's slightly more big-hearted, or it's a bit more this, or it's a bit more that, or it's. Well, it's like know. when we were watching Starman, and it's like, exactly. oh, Starman feels like a Spielberg film, but it also feels it feels like John Carpenter yes. attempting a, a. And um, and I watched The Last Starfighter, and um, and that felt very much like it's a 1980s science fiction kind of it's in the same wheelhouse as Spielberg but it's not it's not Spielberg um Spielberg had like a specific magic touch to stuff that isn't necessary in his later films I feel like he's uh, he's proven everything that he needed to prove exactly and the 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 industry that he became famous in is different yeah and he's like an island where he's the only person that really gets to make old-fashioned movies the way that he used to make and some of them are good and some of them are better than others and even back in the day some of them were better than others yeah and you know and there's uh, there's a sentimentality to Spielberg which doesn't really I don't I don't really uh, I never as a child I never enjoyed I I find Hook so sentimental yeah I struggle a bit with Hook um and I saw that at the cinema, and uh, and I think it came out in 1990. And even mm-hmm. then, I came out of it and was like, "Whoa, what the fuck was that?" But I think, uh, do you know what? I felt a little bit. Maybe it came out in 1991 or 92, and I was very proud of the fact that Terminator 2 was the most expensive film ever made. And I think Hook came along, and the, they built the tree set for real. It was huge, and uh, I think it was more expensive than Terminator 2. So I was a little bit at the time. Oh. Well, Terminator 2 is meant to be the most. Um, yeah, quite territorial I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I would say that the person that has probably got the longest run of good movies is Rob Reiner. Yeah, that's the one people always go to, isn't it? That's the go-to one. I think that um, th- he did a different genre. Uh, he did a different um, uh, ground... Well, all of his movies were great. So what were they? There was Spinal Tap. There was... The uh, Sure Thing, is that next? Was that his second film? It was uh, Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing. No, I think The Sure Thing was a bit later. Let's Hang on. Hang on. Uh, I'd never seen The Sure Thing till about a year ago. It just was never in my... I never came across it. It never seemed to be something that was on TV or... That was our childhood film. Was that it was, really? That was, that was... My sister used to love it. My sister's like slightly older than me, so she, she was kind of... She got into the short thing about the same time that she got into, like, The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink. Right. I and then I was... what? So she'd have been 11 or 12 and I would have been, like, 9. And so I think we saw the short thing. Um, Do you count that as part of the run? Yeah. And I also think that John Cusack was, like, a huge star in our house. And then when when you see him do sort of like straight to TV um, Stephen King adaptations, it's kind of like, but 
But John Cusack, that's the biggest star on the planet, right? <laughs> and I'm not sure if he ever was, but he was in my head, you know. Um, so he did Spinal Tap in 1984, Sure Thing, 1985, Stand By Me, 1986, The Princess Bride, 1987, When Harry Met Sally, 1989, Misery, 1990, A Few Good Men, 1992, and then North, which I, I remember seeing at the cinema and I never had a huge problem with, but... Everyone says it's awful. Uh, and then The American President in 1995, which is lovely. Yeah, I, I haven't seen The American President in years and years, but I remember it really enjoying that movie. And then that was pretty much the last really good film that he made. What did he do afterwards? What he did afterwards was uh, he did Ghosts from the Past. What's that? 1996. Ghosts from the Past. Alec oh, Baldwin on. and Whoopi Goldberg. God, uh, then he did uh, The Story of Us, the Bruce Willis, Michelle Pfeiffer film, yeah. 1999. Then he did Alex and Emma, starring Kate Hudson and Luke Wilson, which oh, I've boy. never seen, no, but I, I love Luke Wilson. Um, Rumour has it, the Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Costner movie that's based on The Graduate. I didn't know that. I remember I've heard about it. God, I haven't seen any of these. It's a really kind of like a bit of a weird, not particularly pleasant film where Jennifer Aniston goes to this small town and she, is it something like she's the offspring of um, the young man who got seduced by Mrs. Robinson. Oh God, I do remember this now, yeah. And it's a bit of a, and it's a bit of a like, is it Kevin Costner? Is Kevin Costner her dad? But it's also like this romantic thing that's like, am I going to fuck him or is he my dad? And it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Rumor has it. I'm, I mean, it's weird. And it's sort of like, it's like, it's like Return of the Living Dead where it's sort of like, uh, you've heard of Night of the Living Dead? Well, this is the real story. It's like, you've heard of The Graduate? Well, this is how it really, and it's a weird film. Then, uh, 2007, he did The Bucket List, which I've still never seen, yeah, yeah. but is the inventor, th there's no record of the phrase Bucket List yeah. in existence before the movie The Bucket no. List. Yeah. The, the Bucket List was a phrase that was invented for the, the film. film the and then and everyone uses Bucket List. Who's sure. seen The Bucket List? Sure. No one. And who's in The Bucket List? Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, directed by Rob Reiner. Why has that not been a film that I've seen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, absolutely not. Um, flipped, 2010. Uh, the Magic of Belle Isle. Nope. Uh, 2012, starred Morgan Freeman. And So It Goes, which obviously has Diane Keaton in it, but I've got no idea who else. I mean, and uh, most recently, he did a film called Shock and Awe in 2017. Okay. Um, uh, oh, and a film called LBJ. Uh, yeah, I think that those are uh, and uh, yeah, you can yeah, end that, it. That you can end it at North, and he basically didn't make any good films after North, except for um, the American Prisoner. And also, I haven't seen them, so I can't yeah. say that they're no good. But those uh, Spinal Tap, one of the best comedies ever made. The Sure Thing, a really good example of uh, an American uh, teen romantic comedy from the eighties. Stand by me. One of the best Stephen King adaptations ever. Um, just an absolutely beautiful film, an incredible ensemble cast. Just like everything that you want out of a movie. It's like one of those Stephen King adaptations where it takes all of the right stuff and makes an incredible story out of it. And you kind of like go, yeah, that's it. Whereas I think a lot of Stephen King adaptations, they sort of focus on the wrong thing. I mean, have you seen Dreamcatcher? 
No. They fight a turd monster. <laughs> it's like it's like a deadly serious movie. They're called uh, they're called shit weasels, <laughs> and they're like these aliens that come out of your ass, and uh, they're fu- it's just like oh my god, it, it's absolutely bonkers. Directed and written by Lawrence Kasdan, uh, starring you know fucking Damian Lewis and fucking shit Jason Lee. Sounds like one of those like compound swear words that you see on the internet that make you cringe. Yeah, oh, well, you shit weasel. Yeah, but I think shit weasel is a thing, and then well, maybe they call them crap weasels. But it's kind of like fucking hell. Um, so stand by me, great Princess Bride, incredible. Uh, but they're all comedies up to this point, and and it's like they're all different genres of comedy. When Harry Met Sally, brilliant. Misery, it also works as a really dark comedy as well. Mm. And um, and then you got a few good men, which is very. When I watched it again recently, I was all like, "Few good men." That's the movie. And when I watched it, it's like it's so theatrical. Um, but yeah, they're all really different. I would say that Rob Reiner is is that guy. Um, no uh, touching tips this week. No. Uh, no touching tips this week, uh, which is and that's um, your fault, um, listeners. Yeah, like if, if no one needs their help, if everyone if everyone's all. Um, uh, no one wants to touch tips. If no one wants to touch tips with us, then that's fine. But um, it's on you. But uh, we are going to. Pl- we are going to. You know. Um, uh, but we also need more fan mail. So we need fan mail of all stripes. And how do they get in touch with us? Oh now? yeah, we haven't done. Um, we haven't done the old. Uh, we haven't done. The <laughs> <laughs> you got to. <sighs> got to email us at. Email us at. at. Uh, but no, not the at sign. Uh, send your emails to... No, to... I'll give the at sign in a minute. That's confusing. That Hang is on, confusing. pause that. Pause um, that. So you send your emails to... Ignore the at when I mentioned it earlier, but remember it when I say it in a minute. Yeah. So and, starting oh, now... And, and that will be like an at symbol. Yeah, when look, I say at, I'm thinking of the at symbol rather than the two words. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a squashed ear. If yeah. you're looking for it on your keyboard... Uh, I like to think that it's an A with a bit of a tail on it that wraps around itself. Yeah, absolutely. That works as well. It could be, like a, it. It could be a pig's tail. Or... I'll tell you what. Pause this now. Go over to your keyboard. Have a look at it and think of the one that you think it might be. I suspect that's what it is. I expect, and if you don't know, if you can't think about it, why don't you just uh, go into Ask Jeeves and Google yeah. at symbol? Yes. And it'll it'll probably come up with a picture, I imagine. Let's hope so. And hopefully it's not like a JPEG that you won't be able to copy and paste. You don't want a JPEG. You want it You want it actually in the text itself. And you can copy and paste, which I think is Control-C. Is it different on a Mac? No, I think that is Control... I think that's on the Mac or PC. Yeah, but there's a special button for the Mac. And I've never really kind of like... I've never worked out the difference between Control and Alt and... No, uh, and, the, and the arrow that points up, and we well, can also ask Jeeves that, and you can find out how. You ask Jeeves what the control button is on a Mac. This might be a really good opportunity for you to pause the podcast, um, uh, unless you're driving, and then don't disturb anyone listening to the podcast if they're no, driving. And also, driving. don't look for the at symbol now if you're no, driving. If you're driving, don't don't. Um, it probably won't be one on your dashboard. I tell you what. So pull in the hard shoulder, make a little, get your notepad out, Stop write in the notepad. Stop what you're doing now and use this as a perfect opportunity to work out what all the keys on your keyboard exactly. do. Exactly. And once you, once you know that, the rest of this is going to be much easier there for you. There are so it's many be so gaps straightforward in my knowledge when it comes to keyboards that I just wish that there had been some point where um, someone take had a just time out your day. taken me key by key and said, this is what they all do. Mm-hmm. That would have taken, what, a morning? That would take one session yeah. in IT. 
Alt, you can do that. Try and do the ones where you get a little umlaut above an A or something. Absolutely. Have a go at that. Yeah. There's a, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do I've it. I've seen it done. But um, but you're going to need that at symbol in a minute because this is... That's and very Get important. ready. Get your pen and paper out or pencil and mm. uh, write this down, right? Okay. Okay. It's Nick, Nick and Nat. J-C-A-S. Now it's time for the at symbol. At symbol. At symbol. Gmail. Dot. dot Com. Okay, Don't so write dot as well. That's not a dot. That's not dot. Not, not dot. There's another button which is known as a dot. Google dot, but not like dot cotton or dot symbol. I should also say like that a full stop. Same as a full stop. Gmail is M A I L, not M A L E. Good point. All right, just in case Good anyone's point. confused about that. So that's N I C K A N D. No, no, I've done it wrong. Start again. Oh, what? N I C K A N D N A T J J C A S A symbol G M A I L dot awful stop dot C O M. Oh, great! Well, that's that. That's that. That's that done for another week. Email in. Email. Touching tips. Please email in. Put touching tips in the, in, in the in the. Uh, if you don't remember what touching tips is, uh, sorry. Just Google that. Go- ask Jeeves. Put touching tips into Google and see what comes up. It's in episode five or six that you want to kind of as an example. It's, it's quite a few ones back, but um, um, mm-hmm. it's, and it's when we just offer some life advice. Just life advice, you know, from, from two something. people that have really fucking nailed their lives. Yeah, really lived some life. We've really lived some lives vicariously. This is half our favourite. Oh my god! Should we play a game? I'm having quite a. I know. It's one of those days, isn't it? Are we going? To, are we? Are we wrapping up? Are we getting to the end? Yeah, I was thinking it yeah. probably makes sense. Right? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's do an episode like this. Um, we didn't talk about anything specifically. No, but we did. We talked about lots of things generally. Sure, <laughs> we've, right. we've covered Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Aliens, Terminator, all your most obscurest things. So we've probably opened your eyes to some. I things. was thinking of cutting out that whole Star Wars bit. I felt dirty, but. Let's see how we go. Have we left it in? Who knows? You will know if you've been listening up to this point. I'm going to cut it. <laughs> I felt like so much, too much of, too much of a loser. Yeah. And it also, it's sort of like it's all like tried and tested. Do you know what I mean? We it's know. like it's been done. Isn't it? We've it's been done to death. Who gives a judged. fuck? <laughs> Who gives a fucking fuck? Who gives a fuck about Star Wars? Who gives a fucking fuck? <laughs> it's a fucking kids film. There's one good one. It was made in 1980 and it came out fucking 43 years ago. And I didn't even give a fucking shit about it 10 years ago. Didn't give a fucking, didn't give a fucking shit until the fucking Force Awakens came along and woke up. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. Fucking hell. The Last Starfighter, directed by Nick Castle, who... Anyone? There's a shape. He played the shape in uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. He also, anyone, wrote the screen story for? Lots of things. Hook. Hook. Oh, did he? He wrote Hook. Ah, That's a a Fox comedy connection. So isn't that a thing? 
Yeah, that is nice. Isn't that a In this case, you're wondering, the shape is probably better known to some of you. That's Michael Myers. Not Mike Myers from the Pentaveret. My God, that's fan clothes. What? <laughs> we got there in the end. Um, <sighs> do you know what would be quite a good thing? Is mm. if you watch a film and I watch a film and then we have to connect them both, to not only to each other, but to John Carpenter. And we do that every episode. Oh, yes, please. And then uh, we don't have to watch the same thing every week because that we is... Could, I reckon we could do it. That's I killing us. we could us. do it as, as whatever we say we have to link to. Yeah. Whatever we talk about. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. We just do that every week. Oh, yes, please. No prep. No prep at yeah. all. And then occasionally we can do like a standout episode where we do a deep dive. Yeah. But and we don't we'll have also, to do it every week. But I think we could do this super quick as well. What do you guys think? Write in to N-I-C-K-A-N-D-M-A-T-J-C-A-S at symbol G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard? It's the worst fucking email address ever. I think it is. I think it got picked awful. badly for us. I think it's really bad. It's too I late think we're to making, about making the most out of a bad situation. Uh, here. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, if you don't want to do any of that, just um, uh, I think what we might do is we might <laughs> yeah. or tweeters or something. We might. I, what I might do is I might pin a uh, thing on Instagram, and then that'll be the one that you can all respond to. The pin, yeah. the pinned Instagram. Yeah. But fuck me, this fucking email address is killing me. <laughs> killing me. Killing me. Okay, great. That's what we'll do from now on, right? Oh, this is a great idea. Great. Every week it gets better, and we it want does. you to be part of it. <laughs> uh, uh, you, the listeners. Yeah. yeah. If there are any. I met one last night. Met a listener? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, a, I did a gig last night, and oh, uh, yeah. one of the people came up and uh, he said, uh, of course it was a man. He said, uh, <laughs> Said, uh, "Oh, I listened to your fan to, to your to your podcast." And I was like, "So it's you? You're the one." Nice. Uh, uh, but he took that very seriously, and he comfited me. He said, "I'm sure there's more than me that listen to it." And he said, "No." But um, no, it is. Just but he said that like with the belief that it's probably just one extra person <laughs> other than him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The seriousness that he took. Listen, we had so. we have at least three people emailed us this week. Which is proof that those three people listen to at least one of our episodes. How do we get more people to listen, guys? I, I can't be about. I can't. I mean, this is all top quality content. <laughs> so it's just about getting yeah, our. It can't be us. It, getting, it's, it's not about us. Getting our. Getting, getting our artistic expression out exactly. to the masses. What we're doing because all perfect. that you need is like a fern cotton or fern Britain, sure, one of the ferns to just listen to it and retweet it exactly. And then we are going to be we're between two ferns, like uh, Galifianakis. <laughs> then we're going to be on fire, I reckon. Yeah, come on, fern Britain, fern cotton, a retweet, please. Yeah, we know or you're any out there. of any of the people from um, Ready Steady Cook. Sure, yeah, we could Brian Turner. Anthony Ward Thompson, Ainsley Harriet, just any of if them. any of you are listening, give us a retweet. Yeah, we know you're big fans. We know that of the fog. We know, <laughs> and I'm sure you've all been tuning in at least here. Episode now, let's. I do feel turn like, it around. I do feel like we didn't really get anywhere this week. 
No, we haven't finished yet either, have we? <laughs> no, but we've only got the we've got the game left. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. Okay. This is the game. It's called What Year? What Year? What Year? It's the game in which Nick Helm has to answer a series of questions with the answer. What Year? What Year? What Year? Nick Helm. In what year did the sitcom Roseanne start? 1987. 1988! Oh, oh come we should on. say one point for one year out, two points for being bang on. I think it should be two points for one year out, one point for bang on. What? You get less for being correct? Yeah. Okay. So now you've got two points, is that what you said it? Yeah. Well, no, also, also, I think that I am, I, I'm trying to prove a point, which is that I'm always like year one year out. out. Okay. But I'm not always one year out. I'm sometimes you're bang on, sometimes you're bang on and it's quite exceptional. Yeah. When I've done a really hard one, they're quite satisfying, aren't they? Yeah, really great. Oh. But I think that the, the, the Dracula and Tarzan, wasn't it? Like, yeah, the year Tarzan came out. Was it Tarzan? I think so. Was it, what was it? No, I'm not even, I'm no, going to get it right again. Don't try it again. All right, we're cutting this. Right, good. Lightning cannot strike twice. Go for it. Done the first one. What year did the sitcom Roseanne start? 1987. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Got it wrong. Yeah, I know. Dude. I, did, I, got it, I got it wrong. I got it wrong again. What year did the Joe Dante film Explorers come out? Oh, okay, Explorers. So Gremlins was, uh, what, 1980? Back to the Future was 1985. Was Gremlins a year before or a year after? Or in the same year? Let's say Gremlins was 1985. Explorers was 1984. Explorers was 1985. Two points. Fucking hell. Fucking one year hell. after Gremlins. So the Explorers was after Gremlins. Actually, that one makes a lot year. more sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because um, Explorers feels like more of a Joe Dante film than Gremlins does. And it also feels like it's got a bit more like it's his own thing, right? Yeah, it's like there's stuff in Explorers that you'll see in Gremlins too. Which is like Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins and then Joe Dante was Gremlins too. I know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so like the explorers has got like that alien that talks like Pee Wee Herman yeah, yeah. in it and stuff. But that's also in fact the navigator. Fuck me, Pee Wee Herman must have been fucking huge in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> really it's like fucking hell. It's like this is and in Overboard, one of the kids talks like Pee Wee Herman yeah. in it. It's just like fucking hell. He made that one movie and like I guess he was Pee Wee's Playhouse yeah. over in America. But fuck me, it is Tim Burton's best film. Carry on. What year was Ben Affleck born? Oh. Ben Affleck was born. When was I born? Ben Affleck was born in 1968. 1972. Ah, no points. All right, no points. The film. Do you know what, though? I went two years the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. We had four years. Well, I was like. Um, if I was born in 1980, Ben Affleck was born in 1980, and uh, loads of his references are sort of like he grew up in the 70s, but like, he was a kid. Little boy? Little boy. 
obviously, yeah, you know, right. If he was born in 1968, how old would he be? Uh, he would be 60. 50. No, 55. 55. So he's 51. Yeah, Batman. Yeah. 55. Batman was in his late 40s. Yeah. Uh, films. 1492, Conquest of Paradise, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, and Carry On Columbus were all released in the same year. 1992. 1992. Spot yeah, on. Because it, it was the anniversary. I mean. Volcano and Dante's Peak were both released in the same year. What year? Mm, 1996. 1997. Two points. 1997. God fucking hell. They really didn't make much of a mark, did they? Because like that was the year that Batman and Robin came out, yeah. and that was a really bad film. And that sticks in your head a lot more than two very average films yeah. about Volcano. She's in Dante's Peak. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hesh, is yeah. it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I see, I'm even in, even then, I'm interchanging them. My like, brain starts like recasting one with the other. Volcano was meant to be the one that was all like satirical. It was like, oh, it's about like this, a volcano in Los Angeles. It wasn't funny though, was it? I think there's a difference between satire and comedy. So this is satirical, this show. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Armageddon were both released in the same 1998. year. One year. 1998. One point. Two point. One point. point. You've you made, you yeah. made the rules. You've made the rules. Olympus has fallen. White House Downs were both released in the same year. What year? Oh, 2010. 2013. Fuck. Right, okay. okay. I'm being a bit sloppy. I'm not even thinking about it. Snow White and the Huntsman and Mirror Mirror were both released in the same year. What, what year? 2015. 2012. Oh. Okay, final question to win back. The Red Planet and Mission to Mars were both released in the same year. It's one point for a correct answer. Wow, oh, brilliant. Um, okay, <laughs> that, was, that was rubbish, that one. So, how, how, what did I score? Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> one. Oh, there's an extra question I didn't read out. Oh, go on. You've got to be fucking kidding. That was nine. Hang on, right. 
Ants and A Bug's Life were both released in the same year. But what year? Nineteen ninety-six. Nineteen ninety-eight, same year as Deep Impact and Armageddon. So you got one. Not happy about that. One. <sighs> one. One. These are all really technically twos, though, right? Yeah. One, 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 one. You got six. Six let's out of twenty. Let's look at it like um, I got six out of ten. You you changed the way it was. Uh... Let's think about it though. Like I get a point if I get it right, but I get right. a bonus point if I get it one year out. Okay, so you get two. Let's not change a no. winning formula. No, it's the game that has set the internet on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should probably talk about uh, Dark Glasses next week. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yes, please. Tune in next week. Oh, uh, this will get them all in. Me and... Indiana Jones fans. Uh, uh, or you, uh, we've hooked you in with the with the maggot on our hook. On our podcast hook with the maggot that is... <laughs> this episode. Indiana Jones. <laughs> this episode is a real maggot of an episode. real horrible. It's really... Uh, uh, yeah, just real. Ugh. We can talk about Terminator, <laughs> Aliens, Star Wars, maybe. Uh, fucking hell. Uh, oh, it felt real dirty. Why did we? Uh, but it was just, do you know what? It's just like every week we just talk about whatever occurs to us, really. True. And so, I've had a nice time. Um, I've had a nice time chatting to you. I felt know. dirty a lot of it. I like, did. I felt a bit like, I kept thinking, I'll pull the escape pod on this. But do you know why I didn't? Because I think a bit of me was just quite enjoying the chat. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. and that's that's uh, that that goes for you too, guys. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so next week, join, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. You got, you got these fucking. Tw- most of our listeners are like in their you know late teens, early twenties. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, they they look at us and they go, God, that's a, that's what I want to be when 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 I. It's like we um, just our generation is was the cruelest generation in terms of being born the time when we were born was just the cruelest. In what way? Because um, when I went to university and I did media studies or whatever it was called, um, we we learnt on VHS, and the next year they replaced (laughs) everything with digital. Oh, we did that. I did exactly the same thing. I did uh, media studies, and they gave us uh, a VHS camera. And they said, by the way, this isn't even industry standard anymore. So this is a waste of your time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, cheers. And so, like, and so, like, <laughs> as, you know, we, we wrote everything in books. We had one IT lesson a fortnight. Uh, you know, it was like we didn't learn anything that would be useful for now. No. Right. And now we've had to teach ourselves the keyboards to like, do this. If you joined u- university a year after me, you would have got like, uh, uh, you would have been you would have been given all the tools that you would have needed yeah. to to get a start in a That's digital age. That's why we need JC three thousand. Fucking, uh, you didn't make much of a fucking show of yourself this week. Oh, he's just shaking his head at me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, that'll save time in the edit, but uh, I would have loved more. What did you think of this you. episode, JC three thousand? Oh God, 
Close the door. He's 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 throwing himself out the treehouse. <laughs> oh god! Okay. No, I'll just um just put my foot on his wire. That'll stop him. It can't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> can't go that far. He'll, he'll unplug himself. Um. Uh. Yeah. Like it was. I. I just think it's like. What are we meant to do? <laughs> what are we meant to do? I'm sluggishly teaching myself how to edit and use. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, guys? What are we meant to do? <laughs> what are we, we meant, meant to do? What are we meant to do? Like, like fucking hell. We We're had, trying. We had no option. Like, <laughs> like, we had no other option other than to do a podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. This uh, is it. This is it. This is all we've got. This is it. I spend... <laughs> I spend all week, every week, editing this podcast. I know you do. It shouldn't uh, take that long. It takes so long to edit it. it takes I, I edit it for so long. I don't have time to watch films anymore. I don't have time to watch films. I don't have time to write. Like I used to want to write my own films. Don't have time anymore. Too busy talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Too busy talking about Star Wars and... Too busy throwing my uh, two cents into the ring on where Steven Spielberg mm. went wrong with his career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, when we're all dead, <laughs> this will be the lasting beacon of yeah. what humanity was on That's Earth. That's what we said. And That's the recreators like Abba Voyage. Because what, what you guys don't know, we've never told you, is uh, at the foot of the tree house, at the foot of the tree, <laughs> Uh, we've got a time capsule, and with every episode that we do, uh, we record it, yeah. and then we put um, the uh, little disc, and we we bury it underground. And what we put it on a CD, burn it to a CD, burn it onto, burn it onto a CD, and uh, yeah, we just like bury them underground, so so that'll be there for all people to. Dig it will the to future. the to the untrained eye, um, it will look like landfill. But um, but it's my life's work. Yeah, and probably like if it's an alien or something, they're probably quite smart in the future, and they'll go. Oh yeah, but we probably. I reckon aliens are pretty. I reckon they're advanced enough to have compact discs. We have to uh, put a little, uh, put some instructions on the front. Yeah. Just say you know, make sure that you learn about you know British technology and uh, British technology, (laughs) human technology. Make sure you learn about human technology, compact discs. Yeah. When's the last time you bought a CD? Oh, it's been a while. Oh, has it? Um, no, it's been a while. It has been a while. Mm. It might be 10 years. Mm. Might be 10 years. Mm. Mm. Something to think about. That. Anyway, I guess that's... Do you want to borrow one of mine? <laughs> uh, not, not particularly. Next week, we'll be talking about the Dario Argento <laughs> movie. 2022 release? Dark Glasses. Whoa. Um, Whoa, so mama. Maybe you if you should... want to get ahead of yourself, give it a watch. <laughs> if, you get, if you want to get ahead of yourself. I don't know how that happened. I was scratching my nose. And then I, you punched, and the then I punched the microphone. <laughs> it's a difficult one today. I guess that's involuntary, isn't it? There's yeah. just a bit of your brain wants you to do that. I'd rather punch and the microphone some level. than my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> some level, you really want to punish the thing that's putting this out into the air. <laughs> you know, um, Freud would say that you did that on purpose. Actually, you just wanted to damage a thing that would allow this 
this podcast to happen. Next week we're talking about dark glasses, but um, <laughs> what may end up happening is that this episode never sees the light. <laughs> this episode never sees the light of day. We didn't talk about anything of this any interest. You I, didn't hear this. I wasn't, None of you have heard this. I don't think I was interested in anything we said at any point. <laughs> I felt like I went through the motions the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can be interested in talking about Alien for the third. I'm pretty sure this is at least the fifth or sixth time I've said some of this stuff. Yeah, and we've only done eight episodes. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, oh, my God. It can't be... Yeah, yeah, okay, well... You know what, Nick? I do appreciate you. Oh, and I, and I appreciate you. And the listeners at home, or wherever you are, out and about, <laughs> maybe you're in the Good shops. Points. Good point. Um, point well put. Have you hurt yourself, actually, when you punch a microphone? No, I haven't hurt myself. Good. No, I'm all right. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, my editing hand is still all right. <laughs> You have to get on this. We've um, got to finish it, one. Remember, just, 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 uh, just, uh, just to remind all the people at home, we appreciate you as well. Yeah, you do, you do. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, don't tell them about this for one. all of the latest news. <laughs> In fact, don't tell, you, tell your friends about some of the other ones. For all of the latest news on uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Is that, have they done a sequel to Star Wars? Alien 3 oh, f- and Whoa, uh, the fourth Indiana Jones film. Uh, <laughs> tune in. <laughs> Watch the skies. <laughs> yeah, and never before has it seemed more appropriate to, to sign off with. <laughs> Later, Later, losers. losers. <laughs>